Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Welcome in, welcome in. A beautiful Tuesday right here on the First Coast. Sun comes up, uh, and you know that you're in the sunshine state. St. the unshine portion of the year. Beautiful, sparkling weather, temperature climbing into the 60s. A Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday right here on XL Primetime. You want to cruise around this beautiful weather? Head on into either one of the dealerships. Say hey to one of those great people that can take care of you when it comes to the sale and then the service and everything else that comes along with it. I'll be telling you about how they can wow you all day today. Now, I figured we might get in. We're going to have you know, mostly Super Bowl talk this week and next. We're going to tie it back to your Jacksonville Jaguars. Good discussion on Jaguars today about Calvin Ridley and whether or not he's worth it. And we're going to probably attack it from a lot of different angles as we get closer and closer to that decision. But one of the big things with Calvin is who also is on the market. It makes him more attractive. So we'll get into that as we go. But I wanted to start off coming out of Championship Sunday and everything, the fallout. And and basically, we talked about the ones that were Everyone was pointing the finger. Hey, Dan, what were you doing? Hey, Zay, what were you doing? Hey, Lamar, what was up with that? Hey, Todd Bunkin, what was up with that? And so we had all those. So what do you think quickly as we lay this out? <clears throat> this team's been through it, Leon, where you sit there and you you wake up 48 hours later. You're like, what do I got to do to make sure that we don't miss out, that we get back? And this football team did not get back. You follow me. Mm-hmm. Did not get back. What is Baltimore thinking right now? Let's just start with them. Because Lamar says, I'm mad at the way I played, mm. but he isn't sitting there and complaining and saying, you know, we, we screwed this up that we're not – this was our only opportunity. What, what are they thinking right now? Well, I mean, listen, I, I definitely should be an expert at this because I've lost three championships, yeah. by the way. So I know what it feels like to be that one game away from the Super Bowl and feel miserable, especially in 99. But as far as Lamar goes, the scrutiny is real and it's fair. I mean, he didn't play well. He came up short in the big game. Now, collectively, the team came up short because, in my opinion, I think the Ravens, the way they played all season long against the good teams, the way they destroyed them, I felt that going into this game, I felt comfortable enough saying that the Ravens probably were the better team. Mm -hmm. But the better team doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) That's, that's, That's always a problem. They don't have Patrick Mahomes. But the scrutiny for Lamar is fair because he's got to be put in that same boat of those guys who get close but don't get it done, the Josh Islands, the Dak Prescott's, those type of guys. And he came up short. Now, I think the game plan was to his demise because I think the game plan all season long was we're going to run the ball, we're going to muck it up, we're going to play sound defense, we're going to beat you up. Mm-hmm. And they did none of that. They tried to go pass for pass, toe-to-toe with the Titan. And I called Patrick Mahomes, the Titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it came up short. So, I mean, like we talked about this yesterday, styles and fight. I, I think they stayed to their game plan. Well, but Lamar feels bad. He should feel bad because he let the team down. Because 
as a quarterback, you're going to get all the accolades if you win, and you'll get probably more than your share of, of beatdown when you lose. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the narrative, I mean, as great as Lamar's been, he's going to be judged on championships. You're judged on what, dubs? Yeah. You're yeah. judged on championships. And he's in that little – He's in that little box, I think, of all those other guys who get close but don't get it done. Right, and we could go down the road. We'll go down the road mm-hmm. with the other guys, the Josh Allens, the other ones that have come up short, mm-hmm. uh, and heck, Trevor, for that matter, after getting close a year ago. Here's the other thing that kind of gets you a little bit when you think about the two losers. One team like we just described, and Leon's right, they did it a certain way the entire year, and then they abandoned it, right? And So everyone's second-guessing, what in the H were you doing up there? You abandoned it. Well, then go to the other side. Detroit did everything exactly like they had done the entire year. Aggressive, go for it, fourth down, who cares? We're This is who we are. Think about it now. One team lost by changing their style and the other team lost by keeping their style. You're not wrong, Yeah. especially because yesterday myself and Matt Hayes pounded the table and said you, you can't risk the points on the road in the NFC Championship yeah. game despite having the best fourth and three percentile to make it yeah they were 80 80 percent fourth fourth and three or less it's essentially their version of the tush push yeah whatever way they whether they choose to do it through the air or the run game they bring in that extra lineman it was nearly flawless it's tough because I think that that's situational abandoning the run game is philosophical Mm -hmm. I don't think and again coach Campo will be in it too and I'd love his take on this and I'm sure he's driving around listening right now You can't philosophically change who you are in those critical games, but situationally, you may have to play it safe. Now, I say that, and we go back to 2017 and Doug Marone in the AFC Championship game, and playing it safe ultimately cost him and Nathaniel Hackett their jobs here down the line Mm -hmm. because that was the pinnacle of their time in Jacksonville. So I say it out of both sides of my mouth because it's easy to say situationally you should have taken the points, Dan, but also sitting back, and not being aggressive has also resulted in teams losing at that stage too. I don't. I think it's. I I agree with what me is saying, but I th- I think I look at it a little bit differently. I look at it as you got to be flexible. At that point of the season, when you are that close to where everybody wants to go, and you realize that, you know, not many teams get to the Super Bowl. Right. Not many players get to the Super Bowl. Not many coaches get to the Super Bowl. It's a rare thing. You've got to be flexible. And you've got to play the odds. And the odds, you could say the odds are there because they were 80% or whatever. No, the odds are in that situation on the road in the Super Bowl, if you're up two scores, you got a chance to go up three scores. Right. Take the damn field goal yeah. and it, go up three scores. Yeah. That's because you're forcing them to score three times. Yeah, that's it, what I don't – see, that's the whole thing. And that, that, I think that more than anything is what really is perplexing to me is you you now force them not only to have to do it, but in their heads they're thinking – we're three scores down now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not a two-score game anymore. Yeah. It's a three-score game again. Right. So it, they're they're once again chasing points. They're once again stressing to chase points. It's a different mentality. Well, it's so funny because you usually go for it when you're desperate and you are chasing right. points, and then yet they were ahead in, in at least two of the three situations. The third would have tied it. And the other thing is, is like I came in yesterday, and I, first off I let off with damn Dan because I wanted him to kick the field goal. And then the other part of it was that, you can be aggressive by being conservative. Sure, you can. And you know what I mean by yes, that? Yes, because of you are changing what people expect. Yes, you can still, it's the classic line from Rush: <clears throat> "If you choose not to decide, you, you still, still have made, made a, a choice. choice." Yes, and so he could have surprised a lot of people. Like, wow, man, he's always been aggressive, but look what he did—he changed it up. Well, it's people also here's another thing: it. there's a reason that people say, 
well, you got to do this in the NFL because it works. Yeah. Because more times than not, it works. Yeah. That's and, why. And, and I love the fact, Leon, that they that they stay true to themselves. Because if we bring it back to the Baltimore equation, they did not, like you pointed out. Mm-hmm. It was an entirely different game plan, and it looked like a little different Lamar, really. Uh, but but the fact that Dan Campbell and those guys, you know how hard it is to get there, like Matt just said, yeah. and you can't foul you, you, a fool around with you those. Get, Plus, you, bro, let me, and let me ask you this from a yeah, player yeah. standpoint. So you're up two scores. Mm-hmm. They missed that field goal. They missed the fourth down. I mean, as a player, aren't you saying, it's only two scores now, man. We're there. We're right there. We just stopped them. We got a little momentum. If you kick that field goal, the momentum is still with the Lions, and it's a three-score game. Well, I mean, as a player, sometimes, you know, when you go for it and don't get it and you're in field goal range, you're walking off the field like, why don't we just kick the field goal? I mean, you, you have those kind of conversations with yourself because you know the importance of the game and you know how hard it is to get to this point. And you, you know, you maximize all your opportunities you have. You make those right choices mm-hmm. because you know how hard it is to get to those championship games. And it then is, when they score to make it a one-possession game, now, it could have yeah. been a two-possession mm-hmm. game, now you start to stress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now you start to press. Oh, now it's a one-possession one game. And that's when Josh Reynolds drops a ball right in his gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things that happen. Because what you did is that, well, listen, the, 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 the Niners were on the rope. They were cut. They were bleeding. Yes. All right? You just patched them up. By, by not going for that field goal, you gave them air to breathe. And what happens? Big play. Lucky play. Bounces off the face mask. Play. Catch the ball. Lucky play. Ball is bouncing their way now. Yes. Next next go around, you get the ball. You fumble. Now they go and score. Now you're tied. All because you didn't kick a field goal. Yeah. Uh, in an unfolding. That's what I mean by flexible. You got to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I love their philosophy of being aggressive, but you got to be flexible in a mega game like that. Yeah. And it doesn't define you like, oh my God, he's out of character or anything like that. No, you 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 got to be smart. It's one thing to be aggressive. You got to be smart at the same time. All right, let's make this an early ten ten take because I want to get back to the Baltimore side of this uh, with the play caller because we talk about Dan's decisions up in Detroit. Uh, let's get to Todd Munkin. Now, Josie's ten ten take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. You're going to get ready for the big game, and they are getting ready for a big giveaway as well. So whenever you hear that uh, cue to text the word Sonny's in, make sure you're ready to go because they've got a big game feed set up for you, and they are definitely going to take care of you with great barbecue. Look for Sonny's all over the First Coast. So I think to myself, why did it change so drastically, the game plan for Baltimore? They were studs running the football. Their run game ruled, and they only handed it off six times. And I'm thinking to myself, did Todd Munkin change his game plan to make him look great, or did he think he needed to do it to change it up against the Kansas City Chiefs defense? Well, you could probably argue either one of those sides, but is it that offensive coordinator chatter that's out there with guys getting gigs like Bobby Slowick maybe finalizing uh, a position in Washington or Ben Johnson going there and getting that job? that made Todd Munkin change who he was. Think about the idea of trying to get a job off of that game, and I think you might be able to say that about Todd Munkin. That's the 10-10 take. Do you think he coached and changed that game plan just so he could shine in one of the biggest moments and maybe leap over somebody else for a head coaching gig? No. No? No. Todd Munkin doesn't have any interviews. He doesn't have any leads. This is his first year back in the NFL. I haven't heard anything about. No, I, I totally get that part of it. We're talking about turning heads. We're talking about 
Uh, you know in a heartbeat. Uh, so here's the difference. Yeah. Philosophically, and I yeah. don't know Todd Munkin mm-hmm. personally. I've only interacted with him, I think, maybe once and just in passing. Todd Munkin is 57 years old. Mm-hmm. He has lived quite the football life. Yeah, yeah. If we were talking about a certain offensive coordinator here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. a certain offensive coordinator who, you know, isn't opposed to a random website suddenly pumping his name out there as a mm-hmm. potential candidate to coach the Chicago Bears next year, you know, then maybe I agree with you. I don't think Todd Munkin is playing that game. I think Todd Munkin said, I have the MVP of the league, and I need to come up with something to reinvent the wheel because this is the Chiefs. I don't think this was a personal play in the least. Well, again, this is just a thought. I'm just saying you could play it a number of different ways, and I can't help but think that when you do something that you that you go 100% against what you were, you're, there, there has to be some reasons floating around in your mind to make you do it. Yeah, Kansas City is the reason floating around in your mind. Steve Spagnola knows what's coming. He's game plan for it. He's prepared for it. But at the same time, Matt, if you do it so well, like Leon always tells us, Pittsburgh did a handful of things very simple, and you couldn't stop it. So I, I can't help but let this enter my brain. Todd Munkin, I don't care how old he is. He can't be thinking – they have to think of, hey – can I surprise everyone with my game plan and blow them out of the water? So it, it's it, there's a couple ways to look at this. Clearly, when they were preparing for this game, they thought they could do something in the past game. They thought that they could take advantage of what Kansas City was doing. Whether that was right or wrong, clearly right. it didn't look right. They thought they could do that. Um, and then you're also in a situation where, and play callers will tell you this, you get into a game and you're not even really thinking about what is – the reality is you're thinking about, all right, we prepared here. Let's try this again, or let's try this way to do what we what we prepared for. Mm-hmm. I am sure that they prepared all that week. We're going to throw the ball more because we think we can we think we can expose them here or there. Which yeah. is wild given, is, sidebar, how much, like, rushing yards per game the Chiefs give up. No, I get it. I, I totally versus get how it. good those yeah. corners are. Yeah, I totally are. get like, it. But they're back right end. Now. Right. Their back end is <laughs> so much better than what off, they do against yeah, the Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. But, but the whole thing is this is, first off, Todd Mungan has zero ego. Zero. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, he's not that self-absorbed to think, all right, we're one step from the Super Bowl. I'm just going to change it up so I look right. good. No Thank chance you. in hell. Okay, well, I'll just give you no the, chance. I'll just give you the scenario. When you sit there and you think about it, and we love ooh, clobbering ooh. coordinators around here, what would we be saying if this happened in our town with an entirely different game plan than what got you there? We are coordinator killers, Okay. And you don't think they I, wouldn't be killing what Todd Munkin no, did I don't, up there? I don't disagree with you. All I'm saying from every interaction I've had with him, he is yeah, a like egoless well, guy. Well, I, mean, I like him. I, listen, then, then, then why did he do it? Well, well, I mean, I'm, he's not well, egotistical. No, I'm telling he has you, nothing to prove. No, I'm telling you because that's they, they game plan and they thought we can expose them here. Let's do right. this. And everybody agreed. Well, and then you get in the game and you're thinking, all right, well, we know we can do this. We you know, we well, prepared for this. Well, well, but but you also have to know your personnel. You don't have one receiver that can stress a defense, which is Zay Flowers. Yeah. I mean, OBJ, OBJ, OBJ has lost a, his, o- his o- lost o- a step two or three. Yeah. All right? Now, you got Likely, and you got Andrews coming back. Well, I but mean, who, to be who, fair, who, he missed a couple throws in that game. There he were, he there were a couple, a couple deep throws absolutely. he missed. He absolutely Okay, did. there's he the other part of this. You're asking Lamar to be something he, he wasn't in the regular season. He was an MVP doing what he did. No, I know, but all I'm telling you is they – all I'm saying is this: They are ripping. They're that right cl- they're mm-hmm. that close to the pinnacle of their sport. They're not going to just randomly change because they want to. Like, okay, well, I think well, I'm going to make myself look. No, they thought but, they could expose the Chiefs' but, secondary. But but think about this, Matt. Okay, you you don't believe they just randomly changed. 
that the week before the game in practice, Harbaugh had to see the game plan that was going moving forward. Why, as the head coach of the team, why why did you comply to what they I mean, were they doing? Won, well, they won 13 games. I know, but they did. They won 13 games. They won 13 games. No, no, I understand run, what you're saying. I understand yeah. what you're saying, but they won 13 games, and the offense under Munkin was. It was extraordinary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was completely different from what it was. It was extraordinary during the year. And I'm sure as the head coach, if he says, if Munkin goes in and says, John, I think we can expose them here, Harbaugh's going to say, all right, let's do it. All right, let me give you another theory. And these are not conspiracy theories. These are just things that, these are sipper thoughts, okay? Take a sip, have a thought. Let's go one level up from Todd Munkin. John Harbaugh was on the sidelines when his brother Jim won a national championship right. for Michigan. Full embrace, Harbaugh tears, dad's there, they're all happy. Jim leaves the national championship and leaves the game of college football and comes back into the National Football League. What does John Harbaugh do? Gets his team top seed to the AFC championship game, about to crack the, the lid on going back to the Super Bowl. First time since beating brother John, right? So John Harbaugh steps out of character a little bit. Was that an undisciplined team Sunday? Highly sure. undisciplined team Well, Sunday. We also are ignoring the fact that they were second in the league in penalties all year. Yeah. This wasn't that strange yeah. to see them drawing flags the way that they were. That is true, but I'm talking about just over the top. Like those, those exchanges right before the half which led them led Kansas City down the field. Then Kansas City uh, had the bad play, and then they still were able to kick the field goal and at least have some life going into the locker room. I just feel like that team, that team unraveled mentally against the Kansas City Chiefs. Because, John Harbaugh, wait, 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 say, say that last part again. Yeah, that team unraveled mentally. No, 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 no. Yeah. The next four words yeah. against the Kansas yeah, I, City yeah, I get Chiefs. It. I get it. That's the, what happened. Okay, the Baltimore Ravens. The Kansas City Chiefs break people's brains. Right. What did Baltimore do to San Francisco? What did Baltimore do to Miami? What did Baltimore do to Detroit? They have more wins over more playoff teams than anybody else in the National Football League this year, and they unraveled. You know what all those other teams didn't have? Mahomes. I get it. I totally get it. But Mahomes also lost to the Jets and the Broncos. Okay, I mean, come on. KC wasn't a juggernaut that they used to be. I mean, if anything, their defense has kept them more in games while they got their wide receivers together. And that defense defense has come up around Mahomes. And around that yeah, championship yeah, don't DNA. Be ridiculous. Just, uh, defense, that, you know it's all about them. You know that every team goes in there thinking, all right, we, we, we can't make mistakes. We can't make mistakes. If we make mistakes, we're yeah. going to lose. Yeah, I, and look. So you, you, they don't fear Chris Jones? Of course they do. Yeah. Okay. I course. mean, he has the Mahomes uh, effect on the defense side of the ball, true. Because wherever he's lined up, you, you better put two or three on him, or he's going to wreck shop. Mm hmm. Yeah. He's All not right. Mahomes. Those are All things right. to think about. You guys hit the text line, 641-1010. We'll sneak it back to uh, the Jaguars' way as we go along today. A Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy Tuesday. Let's hit a that real quick with what's happening. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, oh, man, Leon, I say this with all love and respect for your friends up in Pittsburgh. You know how the Pittsburgh OC job has kind of become – a running bit, a joke over the last few years mm-hmm. with Matt Canada mm-hmm. and their how many games consecutively not going over 300, 400 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. The Steelers are expected to hire former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith as their OC. My question is, is George Pickens ever going to see the ball now? 
Okay. I don't know. That's From be one back situation to without those, a quarterback to another tiny, without a quarterback. Those tiny hands. I don't know. Is he going to play anymore? <laughs> it's going to be back to running the football first, uh, you would yeah. think. That's yeah. the style. I mean, well, I mean what, what was um, what was the, as far as Atlanta? Tannehill a couple years ago when they got the one seed, they mm-hmm. were thrown all over the place, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I have to go back and look. It still was a Derrick Henry generated offense. It Tannehill cer- had it certainly is, but Tannehill had I think had his, his best, best year. Yeah, yeah, he, he got a, another big hefty contract off of that bad boy. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think when I when I hear Arthur Smith's name, I think run. I think run first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right up Pittsburgh's alley, then. Yeah, run first. True. But I also think no, not the top name you're thinking at the running back position, i.e. Bijan Robinson gets left in the dust after game five of the season, and Tyler Algier all the way, baby. Kyle Pitts has been put on ice over the last three years, and because of it is Arthur strange. Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is strange. Meanwhile, Parker Hesse, who played defensive end at Iowa, got almost more receptions than Kyle Pitts in games. I know it happened in at least two games. He's yeah. a fullback now, and Arthur Smith had him getting more catches than Kyle yeah, Pitts. Yeah, that, that definitely is a mystery as far yeah, as what he did with the 2020, court, with he had the 33 touchdown passes. 30. 33. He had himself a year, and then they went and promptly lost that number one seed. Uh, was that the year they lost to the Bengals as the number one seed? No, that was 2020. 2021 they lost. Okay, the okay. All right. But so, yeah, he definitely had. Look, he, he was a renaissance man in some respects leaving Miami. He had the one $100 million contract down hey, there and, and then another. went up and, and had a, got, a, got another one. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not like Arthur Smith can't call plays. I didn't. I didn't see it up in Atlanta. I didn't think it would last. That's why I was betting against them this year more than I was betting for them. But it is proof in the pudding that he had some serious studs on the offensive side and just couldn't potion them up yeah, for some I like reason. Yeah, I hire, man. I don't, I don't know about your quarterback, yeah, that's, Steelers, that's, but yeah. I like to hire. Well, I mean, I mean, Tomlin said there's a competition with Rudolph and Pickett. As far as, a, you know. First off, I don't, Rudolph either, is I, don't, a, I don't think either one of them are any good. Rudolph is a I don't free either. agent. Always <laughs> yeah. a free agent? Yeah. yeah. So they'd uh, have to bring him back. Have yeah. to bring him back? First right. off, do not look at Leon and go, you're Steelers. Don't ever do that again. Well, they kind of are. He is a Steelers. Jaguar. Through he's and through. Jag, but they were, you know, he's still got a little Steeler <laughs> in his soul, right? You may have Jags in your blood, but you got Steeler in your soul, right? A little bit, anyway. <laughs> I won't comply to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he can answer that question right now. Uh, it might be different if he's up there in the Steel City, but right here in Teal Town, he ain't answering that. Uh, all right, so bring it back to what, what we said. As far as, you know, the, the this is 48 hours removed. We've mentioned, you know, what they're both going through. One of them knows they've been there. Obviously, look at the hardware. You know, the Baltimore Ravens have a pedigree, a standard, uh, everything that they've been able to do. So to think that they're going to just kind of disappear into the night is is probably foolish. At the same time, Detroit, and Dan Campbell said it, how hard it is to get there, and they've never been, and so will they return? And you wonder what they're thinking up there because they did stay true to their character, their style, their toughness, you know, all that stuff. Uh, the aggressive go for it this so you just have to wonder if they're going to be able to be uh, to, to you know what? I, and i don't i don't think fans can really appreciate the fact of how devastating a, a loss in a championship game is like how hard it is to get over it during the offseason mm-hmm. because you you're replaying in your mind every play that you thought you could have played better or every play that you well you may have missed the block or you missed the tackle or missed the interception all that kind of stuff and then the hardest thing to do is to watch the super bowl and look at the team that beat you play in the super bowl oh, yeah. And you say to yourself, how did we lose to them? Yeah. How did we freaking lose to them? I mean, because a lot of people don't – in 99, I know we had the anniversary of 25 years, whatever. In 99, I mean, we were up 14 nothing on the Titans, just like Detroit. And then it just all came unraveling. 
Yeah. Oh, that, I, I actually think the Lions match up That's better. That's agonizing. The, the Lions yeah. match up better with the Chiefs than the 49ers yeah. do, too. Like, the Lions were that close. Yeah. Well, hell, like a rare season, think about it, man. Matt, both of the teams that the Chiefs would have faced can run right. the football. Uh, actually, three of them, because Baltimore could run the football. San Francisco definitely can. And we know that Detroit proved they could. And so the one missing ingredient is that one that could run it chose not to in the Baltimore Ravens. Six handoffs to running back, which is just right. – honestly, I, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. You guys feel a certain way about Todd Munkin. Yeah. That was an egg layer of all egg layers. And, I mean, and, was, and trust me, players are – are huddling up amongst themselves in groups talking about why we didn't do this, why we didn't do that, why we didn't run more. I don't doubt why, it. I mean, yeah, you you ask, you ask have the whys. There are the whys of, of your game plan, you know, once the game, once you lose the game. when it's yeah, That was a case of the crabs up there, man. That was – you need a shot for that after that. That was not good. Plus the Lions, like, you know, I know it was week one, but they beat the 49ers. Mm-hmm. On the road. They yeah. know mm-hmm. how to beat them. Yeah. You go in there that game with confidence, yeah. man. And that was, that was after here, right? Yeah, oh, that, that was, was half. Week, that was yeah. week one. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Detroit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. was thinking about the other team that, that had beaten the Niners. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So we got plenty to get into. Let's bring it back to the Jags. Calvin Ridley discussion. Compare him to who else is out there. Does it make him more attractive? Because I <laughs> got a feeling, even though you may not be crazy about paying him, you look at the list of others that are available, it ain't attractive, that's for sure. So we'll get into that Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday on XL Primetime. You're invited to join in. You can head to YouTube, search 1010XL, offer up a comment there, or hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting that, or confirming, I should say, Sports Illustrated's report that Tennessee, the University of, is under NCAA investigation tied to name, image, and likeness violations. The investigation puts Tennessee in the crosshairs as a repeat violator from recent NCAA ruling in July of 2023 from the violations stemming from former head football coach Jeremy Pruitt's tenure. Tennessee's argument in that ca- in the case will be tied to, I can't even pronounce that word, vagaries? Vagaries? And vagaries? Vagaries. Vagaries. Vague is a plural? Who knew? Vagrant. In NIL rules. Yeah. Mm. Intriguing. Uh, I told yeah. you guys Tennessee was next. <laughs> remember, listen, you? Matt, I was looking at you. Do you I told I t- you, man. I can't remember which one of us said it on the thread when, when I think mm. J.J. said uh, the gift that keeps on giving with Florida. And I then, had two industry sources tell me Tennessee's next. Yeah, I have to go back and look because I, I was like, we were zeroing in on Rocky Top. Well, I mean, what's the violation? That's Mi- what I'm looking it's, at. And Miami is still clean, by the way. It's basically <laughs> what they're doing with all these. And believe me, Tennessee's More not McDonald's alone. More McDonald's bags up Tennessee's not alone. Florida State's not alone. Florida's not alone. They're all. Believe me. Think about the big, the big schools and how you're like, oh wow, how'd they get that guy? Guess what? Their letters there too. They just it just hasn't been uncovered yet. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, they've gotten letters too. They've sent out. So what I was told is they've sent out more than thirty. So they got more than thirty investigations going on right now. Yeah, good, By the good, way, this is yeah. from Pat Forty. Yeah, Sorry, thank you. Joe. He says less than a year after its last infractions case concluded, Tennessee is under NCAA investigation. NCAA investigation again, excuse me. <laughs> the inquiry covers multiple sports and is described as, quote, major. Oh, boy. I thought Sports mm. Illustrated was dead. It is not. Thank you, Pat yeah. Ford, for doing the good work. 40. Well, yeah, 40. What, what's excuse so funny me. is that this is this now you're telling me the NCAA is coming out with this, and you're telling me this dates back to around Pruitt time. They are the slowest dinosaurs when it comes to legislation. No, it's this is more about NIL. Yeah, I would it's think definitely so. More about NIL. I would think so. Trust but me, just it like, is. but when it says it crosses over and it dates back, 
and you said <laughs> there are letters everywhere. Catch up, NCAA. Okay, if you're going to police this, well, they only deal. have some. Well, they only have so many enforcement guys, man. That's number one. Bar number two, they the don't IRS. have subpoena power. Yeah. Number three, you've got guys like Harbaugh who, quote unquote, mislead. In other words, that's another word for lie mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. them. What are they supposed to do? That's your argument. But uh, the, uh, the <laughs> I thing- do agree that it, it is super vague. Like yeah. the NCAA's ruling on. Uh, you know, NLI Any stuff it. is, yeah. yeah. Here, it's wow. like I told you guys before, the problem with the NIL is <clears> how does uh, how does Ruiz decide who he's going to give his money to? Right. Someone has to be telling him. these, what's the Gator Collectives, yeah. that this is the guy we of want. Course. They're not that's just not throwing just, money at yes, random not just randomly giving people exactly. money. That's the victorious uh, collective, JJ. We'll soon be victorious. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know when. But I mean, because so. was it Florida State? I mean, they're on an investigation of violation because a coach drove a kid to a booster. But yeah, that was Atkins, That gets referenced OC, in the actually, Pat Forty article. Yeah, it's really? over. I mean, they actually I, took them and set up the thing. So that was kind of. I mean, give okay. me a break. Stop it. I yeah. mean, come on now. Yeah, stop yeah. cheating. That was abhorrent. I don't disagree, but it's it's also. It's also like, what do they expect? Like, how else are you gonna? How else are you gonna give these kids nil deals if you don't know who your your team and your coach is going after? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't exactly. know. I don't know what else they expect them to do. I, I think the NCAA is just trying to exude some power, and they know they're going to be. Extinct. They are. They're getting ready to be extinct. They're trying to one last grasp. Of, of I see. Power. I see. That's what it is, man. Mm. So the volunteers have one of the most prominent nil collective programs, according to the Sports <laughs> Illustrated report including the Volunteer Club, which is operated by Knoxville-based Spire Sports Group. Yeah, they all do it for free. The Volunteer Club, even though they they don't do it for free, there is money involved, said it had more than 4,000 members as of early December. The Knoxville News Sentinel reported in September that Spire Sports had struck deals with Tennessee athletes and 11 sports. Unclear whether any of those agreements are the specific target, but obviously they get mentioned. And then there, of course, is the NIL deal that Nico Yamamaleva did I pronounce that right? Yamaliava. Yama, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. It. During, yeah. during the Citrus Yama-Liava. Bowl, we changed it. Yamaliava, a five-star class, a five-star quarterback, class of 2023, that reported $8 million deal. It did not name that it was specifically him, what school he would go to. So, so there's a lot of, like, speculation as to which specifically, which NIL case in particular, but at least well, the early reports are this is across multiple sports and multiple cases. And, and as you say it, everyone out there just think about it. And we use that term wild, wild west. It is the nutbag operation right now where anything goes. Anything goes. And and you can do it whenever you want. Plus, and, let me just say this. And the, you don't have bo- to have permission. No, and the boosters out there and that are part of these NILs, that are giving money to these NILs, yeah. let me just think of Hacker. That's what they are. Yeah. They're crazy no, no, wait, wait, in love with, with their programs. Yes. Yeah. They're crazy with in love with their programs yeah. and crazy like we'll do anything. You know what I mean? And make excuses for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is. And I, I say that lo- I love hack. That, yeah. But that's what it is. All the majority of these guys giving money to well, NILs are like that. Well, you know what? All this will go away. Just revenue share. Just share yeah, the they revenue. Will. They're yeah. getting there. It's going to happen. Yeah, but you guys laughed when I said it. This NIL was going to bring a booster demanding a seat at the table. 
and that's what it's become. They oh, want yeah. to have a say. That. But yes. then the players, it it's it's embarrassing. But then the players will want the seat at the table. Yes. And the union before, unionization before long, is inevitable. And, and that's also a be careful what you wish for thing because right. then you really it's governed and it's spread uh, not spread equally but spread differently than how it is right now. Well, speaking of dollars and cents, let's keep it in the football in the college football world because we do want to also get to the news out of Florida State this morning. Um, Irish Affel reporting that nearly two weeks after the ACC raised the stakes in its legal battle with Florida State by filing an amended complaint in North Carolina Superior Courts, the Knowles fired back with a declare or with an even a fifty-one, a fifty-nine page amended complaint that is twenty-one pages longer than the original complaint that they filed in December against the ACC, taking specific aim at former ACC Commissioner John Swafford for a number of allegedly self-serving actions that cost member schools millions and millions of dollars. Mm. I mean, so here's the thing. First and foremost, and any attorney will tell you this, you can say whatever you want in a complaint. Whatever you want. Doesn't have to be true. you can add more to it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be true. And another thing. You just say it, okay? (laughs) So, but number two, and this is, you know, we went over this last time when the ACC's amended complaint is, the ACC was asking the court in North Carolina. This is this is all going down in two states now. You got to remember that. Mm-hmm. And the big question is which state gets control of it. If the state of Florida gets control of it, Florida State is going to get out. Mm-hmm. If the state of North Carolina gets control of it, they got a much more difficult. And that's time how to get they out. rule. Yeah. 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 So wherever they rule, where the where the eventual trial is going to be heard, that's the issue. Now the ACC's response. This was last month. One of their six highlights that they said was. Florida State cannot discuss the terms of the of the ESPN deal. Publicly. Oh, I love it. So, in other words, they well, don't in, want Florida State showing how the sausage is made. An NDA. Yes, because they know there's going to be a problem once discovery happens and once they get in depositions, and then it's all everything's crazy at that point. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping to keep it in North Carolina where it doesn't get to that point where they can quash it. Right. But if they if it stays in Florida, Florida State's going to get out of that deal. Yeah. They will and, get out. And of it. look, this is the argument that we've had forever. There is a way. As long as there are lawyers on this earth, there is a way. But again, I don't know where they're going, but they'll yeah. get out of it. Yeah. So one of our nooners just sent us this. And I meant to bring this up yesterday because I saw the report as well, that the UNC Board of Trustees and Board of Governors will now be voting next month to approve a policy change recommendation that requires system chancellors to provide advance notice prior to executing any agreement to change athletic conference affiliation and obtain approval for financial plans related to the proposed action. Essentially, UNC may also be looking to get out of the ACC. Everybody's waiting to see what happens with Florida State. If Florida Miami State might out, finally win it. If Florida State <laughs> if there's only if like Florida three State teams. Gets out, right, then then, you know, it it the damn breaks then. Well it's like I've been maintaining once others in the ACC see there's legs to this, and that's why FSU knew they needed to play their hand because Clemson's over there in the corner going, do it, do it. Right. If you do it, we'll come along. We don't hear just, anything just, from just them. Do it. We're not right, – we're but behind it, but again, you. Don't tell anybody. But, it, but Clemson's you. in the same boat. Where are they going? Yeah. Well, as much as we have – North Carolina definitely has is is somebody that the, the ACC uh, – The Big Ten, Ten the SEC And the Big Ten. Yeah. And as much as we have witnessed over the last – Hey, dude, as much as we have witnessed over the last two and a half years – if we think there's not a spot for somebody, we're crazy. True. Because it's it true. will be, when it's all said and done, it is a super D1. 
That is what it will be. And there will be a mm-hmm. place for 60 or less schools, the powerhouses, Leon, to all compete for the big football prize. And it will probably end up being, and I'll just go out there, we mm-hmm. might as well just say, hey, this is possible. But until that happens, until it, eight, ten years down the road that happens, yeah. where are they going to go? I know. Hey, look, if there's enough of them, the, the, what was it called, the Magnificent Seven from Brett right. McMurphy? Right. They'll just figure out a way to schedule each other, and as long as they, whatever, the best team will have a shot at the playoff, playoff will probably recognize them because they still want the best teams there. It's possible. It's The problem they have is, is if they break up the ACC, which is an ESPN property, okay, that's going to be a problem with getting in the SEC because ESPN is not going to pay the SEC more than pro rata to add those guys after they just broke up the ACC. Yeah, well, the Big so 12, then, so there's the, somebody. Well, the Big 12 also was with the ESPN. Exactly. But so remember, ESPN's going to tell the Big 12, I'm not paying you extra for those guys. Yeah, but remember, ESPN didn't mind busting up the Big 12 when they let Oklahoma and Texas come to the SEC. Right, <laughs> right. But that was also yeah. – that was also the Pac-12 was also it was a Fox property or go, yeah. getting ready to be a yeah, Fox Yeah, I'm talking property. about the Big 12. Remember how fired up they were when the ESPN folks basically said, "Well, yeah, we're part of you, but we're really part of them," referring to the SEC. Right. Well, that was a little bit different. That was <laughs> like it's different because they're they're they only have half controlling interest of the Big 12. You know, Fox has the other half. So mm-hmm. they've got now complete controlling interest of the SEC. So, so of this course, was, if, if the two big, if two of the biggest properties in all of college football say they want to go in the SEC, they'll pay more for they're that. They're going to listen. Yes, yeah. uh, December twenty second. This is Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. End of his statement. Not the uh, full statement. Quote: We are confident that the grant of rights, which has been honored by all other universities who signed similar agreements, will be affirmed by the courts and the conference's legal counsel will vigorously enforce the agreement in the best interest of the ACC's current and incoming members. they got a fight on their hands, man. They know it. And if there's a Harvey Specter out there somewhere, uh, whatever sides he's landing on, I'm betting on them. I'm still waiting to hear where Florida State's going to go. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, that's to, to Matt's point. That's This is all fun to observe and watch the courts and the legal system play out and laugh at the thought of, oh, Florida mm-hmm. State, hey, I mean, you can't blame them. Self-determination. I wouldn't want to be – left under a contract that doesn't allow for me to make the most money until 2036, even though you agreed to it. So you, you signed yeah. off. So you, you, you made this bed. Now you're going to lie in it. But then what happens if they do get out? Like I still go back to that. That's where I look at North Carolina yesterday and I'm like, okay, we know there's some traction to where they could go. Yeah, once there's a fracturing and, and if North Carolina is that appealing to, let's just say the big 10, which was the one that has always been linked is that, they have a come along with them, and it's not just bring one, bring one other, and that could be FSU that's true. as a possibility. It could be Clemson as a possibility, but that's that's really what it boils down to. And the Big Twelve still would like to strike. When it's all said and done, there are going to be four sixteen-team divisions, something like that, and there's going to be sixty-four teams. It's going to be a, a, a football-only conference. Super yeah, D1, I mean it's or a league. We're eight, ten years from that, probably, maybe a little sooner. But but I guess the point I'm making is. The SEC and the Big Ten are not going to add Clemson and Florida State just to add them. Mm-hmm. They they need to get value from that. And True. if and if their television partners aren't paying them value for it, they're not right. going to add them. Which always kind of blows my mind that if you got a great television deal and you have a lot of really good pieces, meaning the teams that you already have, why would you want to add more to split more? Well, not only that, and you know, you keep hearing Florida State and say, well, they, it allows the Big Ten to get in the state of Florida. They don't care. That's just gravy for them. It's about they don't want to share more money with another mouth. That's right. what it's about. Right. They're That's already a good way upset. To put it. Yeah, they're already upset about Washington and Oregon joining. Yeah. 
they're not going to automatically just add two more teams. Washington and Oregon are only getting like almost half or less than half of what every other school in the league is getting. Mm-hmm. So well, they're not going to just say, oh, yeah, we'll take Florida State. We'll give them a full share. Come on. It's, that's not how it works. Yeah, it's, uh, it's called territory. I mean, uh, could, could Florida State do, do what Notre Dame does as far as? I don't know, man. That's Well, they're not going to get their own television contract. Like Notre They won't Dame. get no. that type. But they, they can be an independent. Anybody can be an independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UConn yeah. and UMass have been independent yeah. in the last 10 but, years. But, well, what kind of games are you going to get? Um, Florida State. I mean, Florida State's a pretty big deal, bro. But the problem well, is, no, no, I'm saying who's oh, going to want to play, gonna play yeah. them? Right. Oh, yeah, especially okay. Leon, right. because you consider, you know, especially with the expansion of the Big Twelve and the mm-hmm. Big Ten, if they all go to nine conference games, that leaves them three non-conference games. Mm-hmm. How is Florida State going to find itself mm-hmm. into the rotation and into the schedule of three potential openings for twelve opponents? Mm-hmm. Especially when those twelve opponent, when those opponents. No, they're playing in a conference where those three non-conference, for many of them, those three non-conference games, they need to schedule cupcakes if they're to have any chance at a bowl game. So, mm-hmm. real, real quick on the text line, Fox adds them, not the conference. You have These people have no idea what you're talking about. Trust me. The presidents add them, not Fox, not the televisions. The presidents don't want to share money. They're so, happy with their deals. I, I, they don't want to share money, which is why Washington and Oregon got half, half of, of what every other Big Ten team is getting. For the, for the next seven years. Right. I think you could just fill in the blank. It could be anybody. They do not want to share yes, money. Yes, it doesn't matter okay? who it is. And the only people I can think of that want unless, to. Unless you get more for it, which right. is why mm-hmm. the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma because they can ESPN get more. gave them more. The only people I can think of that want to share money is wanting to share your money with somebody else, not theirs. Right. And Those and, are the people that like to share money. And even if it was close to an equal share, it doesn't help them. It has to financially be a, a plus for them mm-hmm. because – they're changing everything when you add more schools into your conference. It's look, scheduling. It's travel. It's yeah. everything. And it's minutiae. It's boring at times. But let's go back to what we said yesterday with LSU. You've got to pay for all those other sports. Yep. That's where that yes. revenue uh, comes in and goes out quickly. You've got to pay for all the other ones. And when you have NIL deals across potentially 11 sports like the University of Tennessee that you yeah. also have to be footing the bill for, yeah, you, you probably need some money from your revenue, from your media partners. Heavy-duty coin. Real quick from Brett and Mandarin, and Matt, I'm not sure if you know the answer to this. If ESPN gets control over too many parts of the major conferences, Congress may try to slap them with an antitrust hearing. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It's not happening. Been out there for a long time. It's, it's always been mentioned as a possible threat. And Anti- what? Antitrust? Then, yeah. And then it goes How? Away. How is it antitrust? Yeah. Well, meaning that the – the legal people of this fine country will jump in from time to time. No, no, and, I, I know that. Throw but Joe, I'm saying threats. right now in college football, yeah. Fox has games. NBC. NBC has games. Yeah. CBS. CBS has games. No, no, the ESPN main thing they'll be games. going after is tax-exempt status. They don't That's have tax-exempt. Yeah. Why would ESPN have tax-exempt no, status? No, talking about the universities. Universities. Because they made a deal with the TV with a TV entity? All their whole athletic operation rides off of tax-free exempt status, okay? They bring all that money in. No, that's why they're separate from the university. They're not tax-free. Well, the athletic association separates. Yeah. Yeah. They separate. Does right. the university's There's, athletic these, department these guys have separate? no idea what they're talking about, okay? Well, I, again, like I said, these are these are people you, you say <laughs> those people referring to our our people who run the country? No, I'm talking, I'm talking about. about these guys that are texting. No, that's what I'm saying. You say they don't know what they're talking about? <laughs> Neither do the people running our country. Right. Let's hit on that. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, baby. This is a big one. This is a heck of a way to transition back to the NFL. 
Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has informed the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders that he is staying in Detroit. He is still only 37, will be a hothead coaching candidate again next year, but he has told them that he needs another shot at bringing a Lombardi trophy to Motown. Mm. That is that is the magic of Motown yeah, right there. That's encouraging. Absolutely encouraging. And rare. Would you and say? rare, especially. I mean, because the spotlight was on him for sure. Not so much in that game, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying for, you know, what he did with the Detroit. But expand on what you mean refreshing. Well, I mean, be, be, because – he, he's not he's not self-absorbed in the fact that, you know, he's getting all this attention as, as a head coach. He just came off a game where he felt like he should have won. He came up short. And I'm sure he had that conversation with Coach, mm-hmm. you know, and said, hey, listen, let's run this thing back. Let, yeah, let's it's see actually what, good. It really, I mean, yeah. it's refreshing. But, because, because usually hot coordinators, they, they dip. When they lose, they dip. They're gone. Yeah. Because they want, you know, they want control. Right. Hit the, strike the iron while yeah, it's absolutely, hot. Yeah, absolutely, yes. But, Leon, what did we say yesterday? <clears throat> Dan Campbell stood at the podium Sunday night in San Francisco and said, we may not be back here. Well, you know, he didn't spoken into the universe. He might be true. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. So that's where I'm the, not sure he should have said that. This is the ultimate I mean, hedging of your bet if you're Ben yeah, Johnson. Yeah. I mean, who's to say if Jared, heaven forbid, Jared Goff gets hurt next year, if Jameer Gibbs gets hurt. Yeah. He what? also probably saw the quarterback situation at those two teams and was like, I'm good. Also, yeah. not and, and like the why would I? I mean, he, because as a thirty-seven-year-old, you know, you go take that job, you lose, you're out in three years. No yeah. one's going to hire you again. But, and, but the right. control, and the controls, and the controls. Or they told him no thanks, and now he's yeah. just publicly saying, "I'm pulling out." True, it's maybe. always possible. Yeah, but right. agents, they Agent. all know if he's not pulling his name out of the race, if he's already been told go away, he would just. Like kind of disappear into the ether, I think. It's Maybe. Not, not saying you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're wrong. We saw some college yeah. coaches that could have done that during yeah. the Alabama yeah, process. Course. I'm pretty sure Herb just removed himself from consideration <laughs> so, again. Wait, so real so. quick, people were asking, so where's FSU going? My guess is, I mean, it's the Big 12. Right. Florida because, State? Because they'll make more money in the Big 12 than they would yeah. in the, the ACC. Big 12 want, the Big 12 is angry. The Big They're 12 take angry. them in a heartbeat. They've, they've, they've helped. When they were facing execution, they helped off the Pac-12. That's what they did. And so now, still face not facing execution, they've staved it off. And now they're looking and say, hey, can we get stronger? If the, yeah, by if helping the Big 12 could add like Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and North Carolina. Who's yeah. in the Big 12 now? Man, TCU. You name that's them. A hell of an ad. It doesn't matter. Baylor. Baylor. Oklahoma State. The fighting UCF games. Knights. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> not watching Florida right. State. You not watching I'm not watching State. Florida State, Oklahoma State. Yes, you will. Oh, yes, you watch you Florida you State Miami, play you in, you know, North Carolina State. What's the difference? No, I didn't. So let, let me understand. So you'd rather watch Miami play Syracuse than Miami play Oklahoma State? Well, we have to watch Miami. Well, we have to watch Miami. That's, that's in my contract. Yeah, but, so you'd rather watch Florida State play Syracuse than Florida State play Oklahoma State? I'm just saying, yeah, where's the attraction? Now, I mean, like, listen, where's the attraction? Oklahoma, Alabama. I'm watching that. Texas, oh, well, LSU. You can't compare I wa- it to no, the I'm, SEC. That's what I'm saying. I know, you, I know we're not, but I'm just saying. Where's the attraction if they go to the Big 12? I don't know. I watch the, Florida State what, to hate on them every week. Okay, me too. I do. That's in my contract, too. Certainly better than the ACC, is it not? Arguable. <laughs> I think the ACC is better than the Big 12. Yes. Come well, on. The ACC is Without Texas and At Oklahoma? This point, <laughs> no, you're wrong. Without yeah. Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, Clemson's won multiple natties in the last, what, yeah, 10 years? The Big years. 12 got dinged big time. Yes. When, when you have to lean yeah, in and say, now. when you have to lean in and say, hey, UCF, come on over, which as much as I love UCF, that, that, that was an act of desperation, but then also getting those schools from the Pac-12 helped kind of buoy them a little bit. ACC 
I don't care what, as much as I love making fun of it, they've got good and then they got a lot of bad. They do in, in a football world. They, here's, here's another thing with Florida State and the Big Ten, okay? It's Fox is going to have to agree to pay at least another $80 million annually for Florida State, but they're not just going to add one team right. to go to 19. You can't do that. It's, you can't have a schedule like that. Right. The math needs to Right, work. so you'll go to 20. So then Fox is going to have to commit to almost $200 million more annually mm-hmm. to have them. That You people have to start looking at this as financially. It's about finances. And it's, it's the- about sharing the money. They don't want to share the money. They've already... They've already added Washington, Oregon at ha- as as half members. Okay, but you're also thinking at such a small, like short way of thinking. They're thinking long term, man. Dude, like they can bring in a, a place deal like seven years. Florida State. The new Big Ten television deal is seven years. That's it. It's not long term. I'm talking all. about the conference, not the TV channels. Like it, no, uh, but the deals are. That's what I'm saying. The deals are all about the affiliation. Okay, well they can rework deals. We see it every single year, man. No, right? No, that's what I'm telling you. Like that's what I'm saying is unless unless there's value there. The, the Big Ten presidents are not going to add. The They're value is add. long-term. It's not Having anymore. Florida man. State. It's not anymore. It's well, just not. And the other part of all of this is that they're the last one trying to get into the party. Yes. And yes, of course. It's U- timing. Oklahoma and Texas struck first. USC, UCLA struck next. Then the Pac-12 caved. They're fourth in line with all of this. It's the same it thing. It you know it why the Big the Big Ten's deal is better than, than the SEC's deal? Mm-hmm. Because – the SEC did their deal in 2020. The Big yeah. Ten did their deal in 2022. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it rolling with that. You guys can chime in, 641-1010. Let us know what you think about that. We need to get to the Calvin Ridley conversation. Uh, and really, if you start taking a look at the top free agents, where does he rank and how many other viable options at the wide receiver game to make this football team better are actually out there. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. That's what you're talking about, sausage with a purpose. And uh, speaking of sausage, they are going to be with us later on this week as we are out uh, at a very special remote with big giveaways. We'll be telling you all about it as we get closer and closer, but definitely would love to see you over on Blanding Boulevard. Uh, and we'll give you an idea of what the giveaways are because they're going to open up registration tomorrow, which will be definitely a bunch of fun. We've been talking college football, championship Sunday, the leftovers from the Lamar led loss for the Baltimore Ravens, the Dan decision uh, to go for it maybe too many times on fourth down, how costly it was, all those things we've been tearing into. And then, of course, finishing up the first hour talking about where are they going to go, and that's FSU, uh, with the idea that maybe there's still a strategy, a way out of the Atlantic Coast now, Conference. I, I will say this. They can, play the, they can play the long game. Yeah. So you, you go to the Big Ten for half share, like Oregon and Washington, mm-hmm. but then you're down what? So that's $30 million. They take what, a loss 40, like 42, right at 43 first. million. So Hang you take on, a loss so we, of like 13 <laughs> mil yeah. for the first seven years because that yeah. contract's for seven years, the new Big Ten deal. And then you hope you get a full share after. Right. Well, you hope college football hasn't completely changed by then and you have the 50 to 60 breakaway team. And, the, and then everybody's under one meteorites umbrella at that point. Yeah. But Top. either way, you're losing money if you leave. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Right, but right now. Term, right. You're out of the ACC contract. That people talk about, like you could never get out; it'll cost you. I your understand life. that, but my point is, if seven years down the road the college football landscape has completely changed anyway, you've cost yourself what a hundred million by well, leaving the ACC. The other part of it, though, is add how long you have to wait to get out of the grant of rights that they're in now. 
That's longer than 2036, the seven years. right? Yeah. yeah, that's longer than the seven years that you're talking about. And so that's the part. Again, do you have it's the, it's the classic musical chairs. You got to have a place at the table, and they are the last one in. Like we just mentioned, heading into the one o'clock hour, other big swings have been completed, not just made, completed with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC this year, with UCLA and UC- USC joining the the big. 10 this year, and then them able to add Washington and Oregon. Another big swing. And then the others that were left in the Pac-12, Sands, Oregon State, and Washington State, bolt to the Big 12. I mean, they, all look, these they, things have happened. Yes, but you have to understand, like, Fox wouldn't pay a full share for Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. Oregon is a mega program Yeah, yeah. with huge Nike advertising, okay? So now all of a sudden they're going to pay a full share for Florida State? Because they're Florida State. Don't right. you think FSU gets way better ratings than Oregon and Washington, though, man? No, I don't, Oregon, it's probably very close, no. JJ. Yes, it is. Uh, if well, you look also, back in the, the last probably ba- like you're five saying- to seven to ten years, it's very close. Yeah, it, it depends on, A, who they're playing. The marquee games right. matter. Of course they do. Uh, course. And, and so that's where the ACC has at least sagged a little bit because the ACC only has so many marquee games. We can argue uh, – Okay, let's go through the the actual conference and who's got better, Big 12 or ACC. Still matters, Leon, when you talk about Texas, even Texas versus Baylor is that NC State versus Duke or something like that. I don't know. It's and that's what they look at. The eyeballs that are on those games, those marquee matchups and how well, much I mean, they, they can sell. I mean, the team it. players in, inside the ACC were the underachievers this year. They were not overwhelming whatsoever. I mean, the Miamis, the Dukes, and all that, the Clemsons, the Clemsons mm-hmm. fair well towards the end. Mm-hmm. Florida State was only a legit team that held serve. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you saying Duke and Syracuse is not attractive, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Or Duke or North Carolina State, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about TBIs. It's about it's about getting people to watch the games with the marquee, the marquee so, guys in the group. So, in 2022, the 2023 numbers aren't mm-hmm. out yet, okay? Florida State had an average number of viewers per game of 2.03 million, okay? Right. That was 15 in the nation. Oregon had an average number of 2.21 for 12 in the nation. Mm-hmm. So comp. They're comps. very similar. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, both and of Fox them. Fox wasn't going to pay a full share for I them. would argue yeah. that Florida yeah. State's schedule was so pedestrian. That's the for problem. most of the year, that they're still getting ratings like that, and they're playing in twenty twenty two way lesser opponents yeah. than oh twenty twenty two. They had Florida, season. LSU, Clemson, yeah. North Carolina. They had big games in twenty twenty two. I was speaking strictly of the other you know, Oklahoma. The kind of, yeah, I'm thinking of like all the ones on ACC. ESPN pluses that are getting like the a ACC zero. Network. You're up for that. <laughs> well, I mean, JJ. Oregon had a lot of those games too. JJ, do believe. they? I feel like Oregon yes. every yeah. week they're pretty much playing. I don't they know. They have Pac-12 a lot of those. Like, mm. They played Portland State too. Yeah, they had me. to play. Okay. They had to play on the Pac-12 network and get exiled. And wait for it. Even when they come to the Big Ten, I've been saying this because we've seen it during basketball season, and it's going to happen during football this fall. I'm bracing you all right now. That standalone Peacock game that you saw in the wild card <laughs> round of the NFL. Yeah, it's coming. It is coming to college football. They already try to put every single Purdue men's basketball and Iowa women's basketball game as many as they possibly can solely on Peacock right now. Mm-hmm. By the way, so the top viewers in 2022, again, the 2023 numbers aren't out yet. My guess Which is, is a better be comparison similar. because FSU was actually good in 2023. They, were, well, yeah, they won 10 games yet. in 2022. Yeah. They were a good team in 2022. Okay. Yeah, they won okay. 10. So, so, again, 
the top five are Ohio State at one. I'm sure that's not surprising to you. Mm-hmm. Five point eight million. Number two was Alabama, also not surprising, five point one. Right. Number three was Michigan, also not surprising, four point three. Number four was Tennessee, four point one, and number five was Georgia at three point five. Mm-hmm. So you're talking again. You're talking about a, a a program that gets significantly less than the top five. Yeah. That doesn't mean. I mean, everybody gets significantly less than the po- yeah, top those five. Those are the bigs. Because next down uh, uh, do is we have Florida on that list. Next down is Notre Dame at three point three. Yeah, I, saw, I saw the Florida Gators. LSU's three point two. Mm-hmm. Texas. I didn't know Cajuns had that many TVs. Are you serious? Three point one. <laughs> Number nine is Penn State. These are a lot of Big Ten teams in here. Penn okay? State, a big, lot of Big Ten schools. That <laughs> still big, over three. Big heavy populated regions. Yes, I'm a little disgusted right now. Clemson is the highest ACC. Was the highest ACC in 2022 at two point five nine. Yeah. And then Florida at 2.57 at mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. 11th. At 5 and 7, they had that many views. Yeah. Dude, F, UF hey. is always going to be the biggest school in the state. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you know, the, the, alum, the alumni that, that we have so strong. And by the way, they have officially – it's worth of that. Okay, I don't care if it just oh, happened baby. or not. Mm. They officially – That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Billy Napier said, we're going to change the game, okay? We're going to go from a game changer coordinator to an actual special teams Round of applause. Thank you, JJ. It is on now. And the third phase, which may have been ignored once before, will not be any longer. You get ready, people, okay? Because if you can't score on offense, if you can't keep them from scoring on defense, you got that third phase that you can start to count on now. Finally, mm. they're not going to have two cats with number two gators with number three on their chest uh, trotting out, or as Matt likes to remind us, the field goal unit running off. Uh, anyway, Billy he also Napier added a chief of staff. Did so make it? Oh, there you go. Maybe that'll See? help with some of the other operational issues, like making sure that the team gets on and off the field for the field goals and Simple stuff. and the jersey numbers not being the same and that yeah. sort of stuff. This special teams guy was a, a Bill Belichick disciple yeah. for the yeah. Patriots, mm. so. and so he hired New England Patriots assistant Joe Houston. Anytime you hear that, you do think there's some pedigree, uh, and and it's it's kind of wild that. They pull him into the collegiate ranks, but uh, as bad as it was, they probably had some of that money left over from the Victorious Collective, uh, and he was a former place kicker under Pete Carroll, uh, and he's one of 10 assistant coaches uh, that will help on that special team. Don't need to have two defensive line coaches or yeah. two offensive line coaches. Probably I mean, see, the problem is We're, coaches aren't actually on the field playing the game. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> I, the, 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 the people that actually win games are players. Yeah, you need, yeah. like, good so, players. Listen, so coaches matter, too. Don't you tell that to Coach Campbell. When no, I in. agree. No, coaches yeah. certainly matter. All I'm saying, at the end of the day, players win games. Of course. And, so, and that's why, look, I understand the whole idea. This is always going to be the argument. Do you have the better players or do you have the better program? And I do think better program leads to better players mm-hmm. because Kirby is, is recruiting off of his coaching. He's recruiting off of the product. I always call it the product, what they put on that football field. Mm-hmm. And, Leon, when you win, kids want to come play for you, with you, and succeed alongside you. And that, that that's what Kirby's been able to do. That's why he's winning a bunch of recruiting battles. Yeah. I mean, who was your special teams guy before you just hired one? They didn't was, have one. They didn't have one. It was they a didn't game have one? I have no idea. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Listen, yeah. He, and, and this guy's going to be an analyst because I'm guessing he might still be having – a little bit of money contractually left over. I'm not quite sure. 
uh, but he will serve as an analyst rather, rather than an assistant coach that is alongside Billy on the sideline. You are correct, 910. The goalposts just moved. Now we can hold them to a higher standard. <laughs> 637 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. How do those Patriots coaches do after they leave? Hmm, not well. Speaking of the New England Patriots, uh, this isn't necessarily a that because it was reported early this morning, but let's bring it a little closer to home. Mac mm-hmm. Jones, the Patriots not expected to pick up his fifth-year option in the next few weeks. They will look to trade him this offseason, but he could also be back with New England in 2024. It's Look, the, the idea that he was able to rise up at Alabama and play as well as he did, it is a great story locally. Bowl school, grew up here, all that stuff. It is a great story. And almost won the Heisman. Devonta Smith won it right alongside him with all the uh, offensive stats that they put on uh, the rest of the college football world. But he goes up there, and I'm not going to, I don't think I should say victim of his own success, Leon, but as soon as they get him, it's still a good enough team, minus Tom Brady, that they go to the postseason. That was the same year. They yeah. put a 50-burger on these Jaguars. Yeah, Matt Jones put a 50-burger on these Jaguars, yep. and they made it to the postseason. And unfortunately for him, it's been the fall ever since. It just hasn't worked up there. Yeah, I Not mean, just him. I mean, he had a promising rookie year. Absolutely had a promising rookie year when he was in there. I mean, well, but you, you, you hire your D coordinator to call offensive plays. <laughs> th- that doesn't help as well. And they're talking about trading. What kind of what kind of value does he have now? Former first round pick, what third? Uh, not, not a lot. A third or not fourth? a third. Well, here's a fourth? the thing: it, probably like a fifth? seventh. There's reports. Seventh? Yeah, man, he's he's, 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 he's worthless. He's in the right. deep end of the pool. Oh, now, he's. Huh? I mean, he would probably go for like a fourth and a seventh, maybe. Fourth and a seventh. It's just because a just, but then Justin mm-hmm. Fields, it's being reported, could go if he is traded by the Chicago Bears for a first. Mm. Sam, I find that hard to believe. Right, Sam Darnold went for a second and a fifth. Josh Rosen, I believe, same thing, a second and a fifth. Mm. I mean, and I guess I'm trying to think of the Rosen timeline. He was only two years into year. his – Was it one year? It was one so year. So he drew a little more. If Mack was one year into his career after going to the postseason, he certainly would have drawn more. But unfortunately, it has just withered away up there, in part because of how he has played and because of everything that's just gone wrong around him. Because there's no question there's been a lot – but some butt bad stuff up there in Boston for a while uh, offensively. I promise we're going to get to that that free agent list, ESPN's top 50 free agents. Do you re-sign Calvin Ridley? Do you not? Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 with your thoughts. Do want to provide an update to the Ben Johnson news we brought you last hour. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter reporting and Josina Anderson, as more than one person on the timeline has pointed out, reported this back in December. Ben Johnson's asking price to be a head coach of the National Football League, at least or around $15 million per year per Josina Anderson. Adam Schefter now reporting that he was not never the head coaching lock people thought because Ben Johnson's asking price spooked some teams. Interesting. And normally Adam Schefter gets everything from agents, so that's a little bit of a surprise that he would uh, put that out there because that agent may turn off Adam Schefter's uh, uh, notifications. But – if you're going to reach, reach high. I don't have any problem with that. But at the same time, you're unproven at that level. And then you got to go up there and prove it to garner that type. Like Harbaugh comes back into the National Football League. He's garnered some respect and some and some money coming his way. Ben Johnson, maybe not so much. By the way, great hire by the Chargers. Joe mm-hmm. Ortiz out yeah. of the Baltimore Ravens. Tremendous hire for their GM. Uh, I was going to bring it up earlier. So let's bring that up because we do need to work into the free agents because – 
they are the Chargers and Jimmy Harbaugh are borrowing from John and what the Baltimore Ravens have done. So we'll do that coming up. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. Hope you'll try them out. Test drive the dealership and the people, and they are there to wire. There's no question about it. The commitment to service beyond the sale is just top of the line. So make sure you check them out, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotastaugustine.com. So let's get into that decision because this team stood pat with their general manager. The Chargers are rebuilding with a new head coach and a new front office man. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I have been told that Matt Hayes has one more point to make in the ongoing case of Florida State. If they went out independently, if they joined the Big Ten, what the ratings may look like. Take it away, Matt. Well, it's not just that. It's it's so the 2023 ratings, Florida State jumped almost double. They went to 4.16 an average. That's that's. That's okay. pretty good. That means you're to, playing for a lot, top and a lot of people are looking yes. at you. Yes, 100%. Um, number 11 in 2023 was Washington at 4.14. Mm-hmm. In 2022, Washington was 34th. Well, play good ball. 1.15. You know who was head of, ahead of Washington in their average viewers per game? Florida. Illinois, Indiana, Kansas State, Baylor. The program, Mm -hmm. Iowa, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Maryland. (laughs) With emphasis. Okay. Now, in 2023, you know who's number three? Number one is Alabama. Number two is Ohio State. We're not shocked by any of that, right? Yeah. Colorado is number three. Because of the Dion factor. The Dion. So, it fluctuates year by year. Okay? It fluctuates year by year. Season by season, yeah. success, no success, right? And the other thing that helped Dion is the first game they came. They were a 21-point dog to TCU. They win that one, then all the eyeballs stay on them. And it was big noon kickoff from yeah. the jump. Yeah, and he's polarizing. You either love him or hate him. Yeah. And the haters they came to watch Oregon, too. by the way, also doubled from 2.2 to 4.4. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... So it's – all of college football shot way up this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's up. so funny because when we're look, we're talking numbers, and I, I'm just trying to quote from memory. Florida here. went up with that season they had. They went Five up and from seven. two from two point five to three point one seven. And uh, it, God, I apologize to all you people who are having to watch that. Uh, that's for sure. The what were the eyeballs over the weekend? I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but it was over 50 million for the Fox broadcast. Yes, it was the 56. Does that sound right? Highest rated that they've ever had, from what I saw from front office sports. So um, just the, to give it you... broke the record from the 2011 Jet Steelers AFC Championship game, which was in the late window. Just to give you an idea of how much the NFL dwarfs everything else, think of that number compared to the numbers that that mass. Now again. Well, those There's, are the average yeah, games, yeah. not the national championship. Yeah, these are or individual the games, and then there are a bunch of. There's also the total number of schools. I'm just simply saying the product's the product, okay? And the NFL just dwarfs everything, and and it's not a fair argument right now, of course, because we're talking about regular season games for college football versus. But my only point is the NFL has of the top 50 things that are out there that people view, they have 48 of yeah, them. Yeah, no doubt, crazy. no doubt, and and it's also, you know, that's year to year. So when when you're looking at like when 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 television partners are looking at things, they do extended looks at it eight mm-hmm. years, ten years, twelve years, okay? Right. But you can go back. I mean, you could go back to when Jimbo first took over. 
including the first, you know, the the the, the national championship season. You go all that all the way to here. I bet Florida State's average is maybe two, mm-hmm. maybe a little over two. College football mm-hmm. easily the second most popular sport in America. So you've got it's just there's there's not even my close. whole point is this. There's way more to this than people just say. Well, you just go to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It's just not that simple. Oh no, no, that I agree. It's with. just not that simple. Yeah, but look, we 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 either overreact or instantly react to everything, and, and we have solutions. Remember, nothing's impossible to the guy who doesn't have to do it. And so you just keep saying, go here, go there, do that, do this. Right, and we all kept saying, well, yeah, Oregon and Washington, it's a no-brainer. It is because USC and UCLA were demanding they needed someone to travel with right. on the West Coast. And that's also— That's the only reason Oregon and Washington were added yeah. for travel. Yeah. The only reason. And they were added as half members. So now the Big Ten's going to randomly add two more? Yeah. Okay, well, if you had to predict at the end of the 2025 season— so If like, they get out. Will they be not— by then, but will the paperwork, you know, will it be official that they are leaving the ACC by the end of like oh two gosh. seasons? I, I think it could be as soon as this this off season. If 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 that case gets to a Florida court, if they if it's moved to a Florida court, so where do you think you think they'll go to the Big Twelve? They're going to get out because the Florida court will not say that Florida State can't talk publicly about how the sausage is made. Once that happens, the ACC is no no chance they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Then they'll let them go. But then where do they go? Well, that's that's the whole thing. Now, yeah. if they go as a half member to the Big Ten, would they do it? Of course they would. But I, I mean, I don't. But why would you do that? Then you're you're costing literally seven for the money. next seven years. You're costing yourself twelve million a year. Yeah, but then the long game. The goal, long game is right. Yeah, but but yeah. my this JJ and I were talking about this yeah. off the air. The long game is also in seven years the entire landscape could change. Sure, you might have fifty to sixty teams that have broken away because of pay for play. Right. And they're all under one meteorites umbrella. So they could point. just be waiting for chaos. They could they be could. right back they where could they be are. Nikki Haley praying that someone gets arrested. Or yeah, coming you, in third wanna, is wanna, not the worst thing in the world. Or even want to move it to the analogy of politics. Yeah, it could be that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and so it's it's big business. You're right. We should never lose sight of that. There's so much at stake compared to just our eyeballs watching something entertaining, playing for a conference championship. This dude says um, I will give Matt one K. But it ain't going away. On the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. All right. Can we save that tax? I'm going to save your number, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the time limit on that bet? I mean. Uh, let's ask him. Six, I mean, again. Six, six, can... six, when, when does FSU have to join the Big again, Ten? They can Please accept respond. it at, at a, as a half member or a reduced share. Of course. Well, they can the, do that. Can I, I just don't know why they wouldn't do that. I get they're making $12 million less every year for the next seven oh, years. $12 million is a lot of money. But what's the other alternative? Stay in there and get the $12 million until college football re- Rebrand. Well, how much are they making from the ACC? Is twelve million 42. less? Forty-two. Whatever annually. it is, is twelve million less. That's all that matters. Yeah. So if you get half a share at the, if you get half a share with the Big Ten, or if you get what Washington and Oregon are getting, that's thirty million. All right. Listen, if they go yeah. in as okay. a half member, we're splitting the thousand with you <laughs> from this guy. Yeah, that's exactly. All right. Can we do right. that? Does he still? Does he still pay me the thousand if they go in as a half member? Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I say uh, yes, and then we get to split it all. Listen, Oregon's not calling themselves a half. Ma- this is a very like journalist. You no, know, no, no, no. I don't. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Thing no you're, to be you're, like, oh, they're half members. You're hearing me Oregon's wrong. Oregon's a member. They're you're making half the money. You're hearing me wrong. A half member financially. I get they you. are a member. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, they're playing so, for. Which is all I'm they care about right now. That's why they're line. leaving the ACC because of money. Just take a look at what SMU did. SMU was desperate. Jumped into the ACC and they don't get anything for the first couple of years. Yeah, they're rich though. Yeah, six two six has updated the terms, Matt. Uh, you will get a thousand dollars if FSU is not in the Big Ten. The ACC will bet more from the Big Twelve, which is funny. 
since Matt thinks we are going to the Big 12, when FSU leaves and announces that is, and they go to the Big 12. I love all the possibilities here. Someone's going to win some cash. Yeah, I don't, he's like asking me, do I agree? Whatever, man. Just give me the thousand <laughs> if it doesn't happen. I don't care. Speaking yeah, of I agree. money, speaking uh, of money, should the Jaguars pay Calvin Ridley this offseason? That is the question we are asking you, Nooner Nation, on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010-368. Looking for clarification, so let's begin with that. They uh, Apparently, a uh, little confusion among the Jaguar fan base exactly where that conditional pick lies. Um, because I, I guess on Jaguars today, they were explaining this. Let us explain. Yes, 368. Mike Dempsey is correct when he says that if the Jaguars re-sign Calvin Ridley after free agency begins, um, I believe it's March the 13th, mm-hmm. then that conditional pick is a third-round pick. If they re-sign him or tag him, because that is considered an extension, to my knowledge, then that pick would be a second rounder going back to the Atlanta Falcons. And so it's timing, and you have to make your decision. And Calvin Ridley, I don't know whether, like, this has also been suggested, hey, suggested, hey, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Yeah. But if he lets free agency open up. Because he's going to have to be out there. Yeah. I mean, as much as you can say we have this handshake agreement, we have a wink-wink for you Florida State fans, mm-hmm. agreement out there. Um, the truth of the matter is he might get on the open market, and the Carolina Panthers might say, well, we're going to pay you $100 million. Yeah. And Leon, I mean, Calvin Ridley's not going to say no to that. That's just the reality of well, the Well, his agent is not going to let him say no to that, absolutely. <laughs> if some, some team More comes deploy, around right? offering him that kind of money, absolutely. I mean, he's he's about to hit the free agency market. Uh, I mean, listen, do you pay him? He's not a number one. He's a good number two. But we didn't. We, we paid a good number two to come here a couple of years ago, didn't we? Christian Curry. Overpaid. Overpaid yeah. him to come Had here. To. Had it to. Up, it ended up working out. Absolutely, okay. absolutely, absolutely. I mean – but if you go down the list, T. Higgins is the highest-rated wide receiver right now and a good player, big, strong guy, but also has not been the number one. How mm-hmm. did he succeed? Jamar Chase on the other side. Mm-hmm. You can easily make that argument. And then you got to get down uh, to the Mike Evanses of the world, a very, very good player from the minute he walked off a college bus onto an NFL football field. He's been a superstar, a stud. You're going to have to look at him. He is I don't know. I don't know the likelihood of him getting out of Tampa Bay. I really don't know. We'll have plenty of time to go over that. But he's also 31 years of age. And anyway, it goes down quickly in terms of the available wide receivers. Let me, because I know we have to take a break. So let me let me say this, and then we'll head into a break. And then please give us your thoughts about re-signing Calvin Ridley. What to do about the wide receiver market on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Again, that's 904-641-1010. For me, and this is coming from. The individual who reported that Calvin Ridley ran the wrong route, mm-hmm. that there was miscommunication. Did he know the playbook fully? The alerts, being aware. Don't forget he loves football. He loves football. Loves to practice. He loves yeah. to practice. He was out of football for two years. Mm-hmm. I think you find a way to, if you can resign him, you do. Here is the number that I'm going to go to. ESPN's top 50 free agents. Of the top 50, there are five wide receivers, one of which is Calvin Ridley. On Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 on NFL.com that dropped about an hour ago, there are, there are 11 wide receivers in his top 50 overall players. That speaks to the depth in this class. Now, do I think you can afford drafting somebody and expecting them to be a number one or number two wide receiver day one? Absolutely not. That's why I would re-sign Calvin Ridley. I'd hope Zay Jones is healthy in the third year of his deal. But I am absolutely, if T. Higgins is not a possibility because of the Trevor connection. I would absolutely say 
Let me draft a wide receiver. Let him develop while Calvin Ridley is here, while Zay Jones is here, and opt for that route as opposed to another Band-Aid free agent fix like this organization has done time and time again. I agree with that totally, and I'll tell you something else. Develop Parker Washington. How about developing your draft picks? How about that? How about developing free agents that you pick up? Like I'm all for like, it. You know, or, or late-round picks or street free agents after the, after the draft. Develop somebody. Mm-hmm. Everybody else does it. That's number one. Number two, with Calvin Ridley, he's, I think he's going to take less. You know why? If, if, to Mia's point, you know, if he was really running routes and, and, the, and, the, and the offense, it took him a while to learn. Does he really want to go try and learn another offense? Yep. Does he really want to go do that again? For the amount of money he might I know, get. I know. Yeah. I get all that. But at some point, you got to say, all right, never forget. Where, where can I be my best, make money, be my best, and at least have a little comfort? If he, if he likes the organization, if he's happy, you take right. less because you don't have to start new again. All right, let's stay on that subject with your Jacksonville Jaguars as far as what they will do, won't do, or what he might want to come back. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We are rocking along, Big Sirs. One more seg with our pro bowler before he heads out. We got Coach Campo coming in the 2 o'clock hour, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Bringing you today's show. Would love for you to keep hanging out with us. You can hit the text line or go to YouTube. We've been talking about... Calvin Ridley, and well, this is a, not a never-ending discussion, but it isn't just a one-show discussion either. But when you compare free agents that are available at his position that are out there, and then you compare the idea, as Mian mentioned, the possibility of drafting a guy, how high would you draft him, and would you be able to, to immediately have the production that you're looking for that Calvin provided or more? Uh, and then, as Matt mentioned, coach your guys. I mean, there's all these different things that are out there that you have to ultimately make a decision. After all, that's what Trent Baalke should be doing all the time. That's what his job is, is to figure it out. How can I get the best players on the football field? And if I am going to suggest right now a whistle-around-your-neck wannabe guy, if he's charging his coaches with developing players and making them better, yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, It would be great because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what our coach, Coach Campo, did countless years. He – he took Rasheen Mathis, looked him in the eye, said, you do this, I'll make you a pro bowler. He made him a pro bowler. And so you, you have to pair all that up. But when you only have so many free agents at that position that are attractive, are you willing to take a big swing and sign somebody else? Or are you going to keep the guy you got? Or as you said, Mia, when you go through the number of receivers, you're not going to get those guys necessarily at the top. Marvin Harrison Jr. ain't walking through that door. Uh, because you're picking, but set. it's as deep a wide receiver it's class deep. as it's been, which is where you could have the luxury of you do take that offensive lineman or that defensive lineman in the first round, and there is still a good wide receiver waiting for you in the second. Yeah, and 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 I I don't mind at all the idea of getting of getting a guy in the draft and developing him because of how much we've ranted and raved over what other teams have done. Leon, you just you just take a look at the superstars that were out there this year that were rookies and Puka Nakua, and Sam Laporta, and on and on and on. Well, but that's, that's the fight. Yeah, but you got to look at this team's track record. I mean, how, how well and how often do they develop players to where they have an impact? I mean, they, they got a plethora of guys who just did just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. You know, really didn't have any you – know, what, Chason, 
um, a litany of guys. I mean, oh. but there's a litany of guys that, that you know didn't come through for this franchise. So I mean, that's got to be in perspective. We say we say it's easier said than done. You say, hey, just draft a guy and develop him. Well, look at this team's track record when it comes to developing guys. Now, Anton was, you know. He was an anomaly. Well, Anton here, Harrison, he started. Yeah. But then the guys behind him, I mean. Well, heck, just, just the wide receiver position alone, yeah. last couple of guys that they spent second-round draft picks, higher picks, mm-hmm. second-round draft picks, did not see a second contract, okay? Mm-hmm. They did not. Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee were – DJ Chark. Yeah, yeah, a couple of the last big swings that, that, that they have made, and they haven't done it. Now, well, so my question for you, Leon, is what are you doing at the wide receiver position then? Are you re-signing Calvin Ridley? Are you drafting a wide receiver? Are you signing someone else? Well, I mean, it depends on what, what he's asking for. I mean, if you can get him, you, well, I mean, he's aging. You're not going to get him on the discount. You're going to get him at the market value. And I just think that right now, you know, what, what other transactions that we've got to make, you know, as far as, you know, Josh Allen, Trevor, and all that kind of stuff, I, you know, are you going to give? If you are you going to give him a hundred million dollar contract? Are you going to give him an eighty million dollar contract? Has he earned it? I mean, I, you're talking about what seventy eight catches, over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that? I mean, is that the market for a hundred million dollar contract? Which he's going to ask for? I don't right. think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I mean, and, and then where does Trevor? I mean, Trevor's got to be involved in this too. I mean, there's there's got to be you know their their relationship early on in the season was daunting. You know, you know, misreads, misroutes, no routes. You know, disappearing acts. By, you know, by uh, Calvin Ridley at, at particular times. I mean, it was times in ball games where he just didn't get a ball. <laughs> and I'm like, well, is he is he playing? Is he on IR? Is that a number one wide receiver? No, I mean, and that's I what mean, you still need unless you yes. unless you are waving the white flag. Which honestly, you can wave the white flag and say Christian Kirk is your one. I'm okay with that, especially... He's the most reliable. He's your most reliable wide receiver. He's the most reliable target outside of Evan Ingram. Um, I enjoyed this from uh, one of the analytics guys on X that uh, Christian Kirk actually retweeted it this morning. The best wide receivers getting open versus single-man coverage and then how often they're open when they just have one defender on them. Christian Kirk, fourth in the National Football League, 47% of the time. Mm-hmm. 47.92, 47.92, the only three receivers ahead of him, Keenan Allen, Wandale Robinson, and Dontavian Wicks, who had less single-man snaps than Christian Kirk. Yeah, and, and if you're the number one wide receiver, yes, you may see double teams, but more often than not, are you not being left alone on an island against mm-hmm. their number one corner? Yeah, and you got to get open if, if that's the case. If they're not rolling coverage and you got one-on-one, you got to beat it. you got to and- and that's why T-Law and him connected so many times because oh. he was security blanket because he did break free and he was open. And Wicks is, you know, talk about guys that were developed. Wicks is a come-along guy mm-hmm. that developed up in Green Bay. Obviously, the other guys, the Watsons, the Dobbs of the world, the Dubes, as I like to call them, they all have turned into legit playmakers. And you have to have those types of guys. Um, all right, I feel like we need to transition uh, into a perfecto with this question since we're on the Jags because there's so many studs that have worn the teal and black. Uh, in years past. Uh, so let's go from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Oh! With this question. Perfecto. That's what we're looking for. Now, this is a JJ-provided question. Wow. Okay? He is exempt from the proceedings. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, as if we have witnessed, drafted and developed free agents in such a way that when I say seven them, seven of 
them are going to appear in the Super Bowl, you would not be shocked at all, would you? Mm. You would not be shocked at all with the talent that has come through Duval <clears throat> that is now going to play in the Super Bowl. Now, I will ask you, of those seven names. Yes. Okay, see if you can rattle them off. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Because uh, I'm sure you've studied this. I know this one over here to the right has studied this big time. I'm ready. And and when I say play in the Super Bowl, that's a figurative term. They're all They'll the 53. Yeah. Okay, so let's begin with those. Dressed for the Super Bowl. Let's begin in order of proximity to the last time they played in Jacksonville. Also, they're on the roster. They might not be dressed. Yeah, I'm that, not you're not wrong. Uh, ben Barch. All right, there we go. Chris Conley. All right, and you are going in in, uh, in recency. Yes, I okay. am. All right, Chris. Co- or so, Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Chris Conley. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, on the yeah. San Francisco I, 49ers. I'm, yeah, I'm letting her. Yeah, I'm not stopping her until she stops Deshaun, herself. Deshaun Gibson. Now I'm slowing down a little bit. Tayshawn was a fun cat. He to was watch. great in the locker room too. He, he, he was it just—I mean, he was so. They he thought he a, was over the hill. He's played five more years in the league. He really has. He was a soundbite machine. He was a little pricey, uh, and he might have freelanced a little bit. Whatever. Bit. He made some plays. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Who else you got? We're close to a perfecto. Yeah, I mean, you're Three you're more. on your way to perfecto. Three more. Okay, so right now we have Jawan Taylor, we have Tayshawn Gibson, which was a nice reach. You've got. Of course, Ben, ben Barch. Barch, who was here uh, most recently. You got Chris, Chris Conley, Conley who uh, his average yards per catch, uh, pretty impressive. And then, uh, and then he didn't. Miles Jack. No, Miles no. is on the Steelers. Steelers. I thought he retired. Yeah. So these other ones are reachers. Oh, uh, Blaine Gabbert. All right, there you go. Oh. Yep. Blaine Gabbert. Legend. Yeah, I had to start thinking backups. That's pretty yep. Cool. Um, and what about special teamers? Yeah, it's going to be something like that or like a backup D-line. All right, so we'll finish it out because uh, the other ones are, uh, you know, you'll, I'm looking at one person when I say this, you'll be mad at yourself when you don't get it. Yeah. The other two, I'm not expecting them to get these. Yeah. Um, Blake Bell. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. of course. Blake Bell, you okay. should have. Of course. Uh, and, and you don't even have to apologize. Tyree Gillespie. That's just who? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Missouri yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah. once and upon so, a time a Jaguar. Yeah, and so just a just a – Short yeah, stick. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Blake right. Bell, I, yeah. Yeah, Blake Bell was the one that I thought you might have been able yeah, to pull the Tyree Gillespie wouldn't have been able to get uh, that. Rabbit out of the hat. But Blake Bell would be the other one that was definitely a bigger name, but that's for sure. And Brandon Allen. Oh, oh wow. right. Like another quarterback. Dude, yep. true. Brandon Allen. What a and, list of legends. Yeah. And that guy just kind of came through here, and you're like, is he still here? Oh, wait a minute. You know, you couldn't quite remember. Sixth round pick uh, of the Jaguars in 2016. So he, who knows? He could have turned into Brock Purdy for all we know. Uh, but that's what that. Hey, that's what Dave was doing back in the day. Okay, mm. he was finding diamonds uh, late in the draft. And so unfortunately, six five two Tyson Alualu was on the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. this year, so will not be playing. Is he still in the he league? He was. On, he made a tackle made on a Sunday. He made a play in the championship game, and I'm like, whoa! Forgot Tyson was on mm. Detroit this yeah. year. And he's just another one of those interior guys, and he was the the classic. Lunch pail guy, even though he was a top 10 pick overall, that may not, you know, those two shouldn't go together. But he was always prepared, working, just wasn't quite that dominant guy along that defensive line, as you would expect. If you've been in the career this long, or in the league this long, I mean, you've had a pretty solid career. You've made yourself a living, that's for sure. And uh, he definitely has. So, yeah, good on him. All right, there you go. A little perfecto by Pacifico. Found in Baja, imported by surfers. For those who live life, anchors up. You definitely can enjoy 
Hey, Pacifico. All right, uh, Big Sirs, you are out the door. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we are going to look at some of those uh, free agents uh, that, that you have crafted. A, a, a list. We'll do it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't it's, it's, not it. it's not a good list. It's not a good list. It's the top 50 free agent bust. I signs. had to check to make sure I wasn't on it from, from the Ravens. So. You're still a top 10 in Baltimore's mind. Baltimore, absolutely. <laughs> All right, enjoy the rest of the All afternoon. Right, All it. right, so Big Sur heads out. Coach Campo heads in. And we'll talk about uh, at least some of the decisions that have been made uh, in the coaching ranks. Uh, the decision that we had earlier, Ben Johnson pulling his name out of consideration for the Washington and Seattle gigs, the two that are left. Uh, we'll talk about everything else that's going on coming out of Championship Sunday and get ready for the Super Bowl with our head coach, Coach Campo, coming up next. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. I think the song choices are always uh, you know, planned out for kind of, kind of where we are, <laughs> mood-wise and he has like three songs, and I'll yeah. go through them. But, yeah, right now it's – But they do kind of apply. <laughs> uh, kind of running on empty right now. Yeah. Uh, but our coach, you're never running on empty. Fired up, ready to go. Uh, but, you know, maybe the football fan base is just a little depleted. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously uh, this is not the same as it was last <laughs> year. Uh, but, uh, listen, I, hey, uh, it's exciting. The, the games this weekend were yes, exciting. Yes, yes. All right, so we've got our head coach. Uh, Dave Campo, uh, former Dallas Cowboy head coach, longtime assistant. And I, I always feel like I fail sometimes pointing out that uh, not only were you, you know, winner of Super Bowl rings as a defensive coordinator, and you were also a, a coach inside the building at the bank down there when this team went to the playoffs two out of three years. Uh, go back in time, folks, and find out the last time this team went to the playoffs two out of three years, uh, Campo was in the building. Uh, I mentioned Rasheen Mathis earlier uh, today. So – Let's hit Championship Sunday because we have later in the week and next week to, to look at the Super Bowl. But I made the point earlier, Coach, that one team drastically changed their style in Baltimore offensively and lost. And the other team, Detroit, they were who they always we thought they were, and they played aggressively and lost. Uh, what did you think of Championship Sunday? Well, first of all, let me just say this. Uh, for the teams that were in that game, the winner of that game yesterday yeah. was the best day of the year mm-hmm. yeah. because it is really difficult to get to the Super Bowl. And I, I don't think that really the casual fan understands how difficult it is. And everything has to go right because when you get to the end in those championship games, every mistake you make can cost you the football game because mm-hmm. you've got fairly equal teams and, and – uh, it was, that was not an exception. You know, right. you look at the the teams that won that game, yeah. they had some luck on their side or they made plays when they had to. So when you look at the, the Baltimore Ravens, that's the one that concerns me the most is how much they change. When you don't run the ball, that's what they did all year. And and listen, I don't I don't like any officials and I don't like <laughs> any offensive coordinators. I they they're they, they outthink themselves way, way too many times. And I think they went into that game saying, okay, uh, you know, we, we can run the ball on these guys, but I'll tell you what, you know, they, they're susceptible to this and that mm-hmm. and this and that. Right. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, Spagnola made the decision, and, and you asked me last week which quarterback was the guy concerned 
more about. Yeah, the most difficult get, to defend. To, to yeah. defend is a, a, if I just said just the quarterback, I would have said Lamar. Lamar. Because if he can get loose, you got to do something to stop that guy, period. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, I felt, was a more diverse offense with a quarterback that can do a lot of different things. So that's the way I went. Well, Spagnola did a great job in the game because he, the five-man or six-man rushed it. 80% of the game. Yeah. So the, the gaps for him to do what he does best, Lamar's run, mm-hmm. it, it, they, they weren't there. The one big run he had, the inside tackle had the gap taken care of, and he tried to spin inside when he stepped up, uh-huh. and that was a hole, and he took off on it. That's how – but most of the time, he, they had the gaps lined up. But so you smart. still have to run the football – when you've got a team that that's how they game into the football game. That's why they're there. And, of course, they played right into Spagnolo's hand by having Lamar sit back in the pocket and right. not move. Um, I don't know if you heard us in the opening hour of today's episode of XL Primetime, Coach, because Matt and I were both calling for you. Is it safe to say this, because we've never coached in a championship series game, but you have. You can't change philosophically. You can change situationally. No to ad- question. To adapt to whatever the situation is. You know I'm not really big on the analytics anyway. And, and analytics are okay. The thing that bothers me about analytics is when you hear somebody say, okay, this particular – and by the way, Detroit was very successful mm-hmm. all year right. doing it. Okay? But when you say, uh, you know, the, the success rate, if they go for it here, is 52%. Well, that means 48% of the time you're not going to make it. So when you make that decision, it has to be calculated with everything else that's going on in the football game. Are you concerned that you that if you don't get it and score a touchdown, that these guys, your defense is out of out of out of gas? Yeah, out of gas. Mm-hmm. It happened to us in Philadelphia, one of the Super Bowl, the year that Barry we won the Super Bowl. We were in Philadelphia. We ran him on a playoff tackle on third and, and one. We had the best offensive line in the league. We had Emmett Smith. We don't make it. Our defense, it was the fourth quarter, and we were out of gas. And Barry called up to Ernie Zampezi and said, should we go for it here? It was about the 40-yard line coming out. Mm-hmm. And Ernie said, yeah, we, we can get it. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Because I knew if we didn't make it, we were going to get beat anyway. Right. And But that's what you're talking about situationally. You go up three scores, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm sitting back and yeah. relaxing. Yes. And you're yes. living. Because I'm going to force them to, to, drive do, the lane. to, to go the length of the field mm-hmm. three times. You just sit there and cover four the entire time, yeah, right? Sit down and relax. Back yeah. up. Okay, that's, but, uh, that was my whole point is if you go up three scores – the pressure's all on them. Absolutely. So that's what Matt's been saying. So yes. are you livid if your head coach doesn't do what? Well, as, as, a, DC. An, as an assistant as a DC, coach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I, yeah. I listen, when you're the defensive coach, you think you're the head coach. <laughs> you know, it just happens to be you don't have as many guys. You already got your half of the yeah, team. Man, I just there. sit back and cover for the whole time and say, go ahead and dink and dunk your way down the field. There's only 10 minutes to go in the game anyway. But it's like a, it, 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 sometimes it's, it's hard as hell to hang on, okay? It yeah. really is. When, when you're trying to survive a storm, an onslaught, of they're going to throw everything at you, and I right. totally get it. But 
at the half, okay, he's smart. He decides to kick field goal. Come back in the third quarter. I'm going to go back to my aggressive way. That's fine. Yep. But then after everything came unraveled, Absolutely. you dang sure better kick the field Take goal. the points. And, and you know, I'm going to take the point kind of a person anyway. Right. As a conservative, you know, I'm a, you know, defensive coaches by and it large. It makes the defensive yeah. coordinator's life easier. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's also, yeah. Dave, if you're, this is what I don't understand. Everybody says, well, that's who they are. Well, if that's who they were, then why didn't they go for it at the end of the first half? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why right. didn't you go for it right. then? So if right. you decide to kick a field goal then because you wanted the points and you wanted that lead, right? You wanted that three possession lead. Why would you not do it again in the second yeah. half? Yeah. Yahtzee. Right. Yahtzee. Plus, if you're, if you're one score down or 10 points or something like that, you might say to yourself, look, we're not going to hold on. That we, right. need, yes, exactly. we need to. He, he we got need caught to, in the moment. We need happens. to get up to the, you know, he got caught, just like yeah. you said. He got caught in the, uh, we've been aggressive all right, year. We do this and all like, year. You know, that's what we're going to do. Right. And the, the you know? worst example of it, and I will never forget it because of all the lines that I like to play, but I will never forget him on a great designed play with a tackle eligible that against Dallas right. that was denied with the flag and all right. the controversy that came with it, he kept going for it. Yep. And all at some point, you, you need you to be – Kick the point. Kick and, and, and go to overtime. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he refused to do it. And, and I think that's, that's uh, you know, unfortunately, you kind of get into that mode. And, you know, uh, it, it's just like Mia said – Situationally, you got to use some common sense, like mm-hmm. Staley last year going for it on the twenty-yard line. Yeah, you know, yeah. what I mean, you know, that's not that's to me. That's just that's uh, there's a difference between being aggressive and 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 being uh, yeah, nonsensical. Yeah, not, you know, I mean, it, it borders on ridiculousness. Yeah. Were you surprised that the Niners? And again, part of this was that as opposed to being down three scores, they were only down two. That the Niners, who again came into the divisional round, I think it was 0 and 31 or something like that, in Kyle Shanahan's tenure, went down by multiple scores at halftime, that they were able to claw their way back into this one for a second straight week. Well, you know, again, I text. I think it was Matt or you. I can't remember who. You know, I text all of you guys. All I know is you, you texted intermit- me. You texted me at one point, and it was like, "What are the 49ers doing?" And then I was Facetiming oh, with my parents. Yeah. And in the context of that 40-minute Facetime call, the, the game had completely flipped the script. Yeah. Well, I think it was Matt. I, I think I made the comment that that uh, the game's far from over. Right. But the but San Francisco has a long road here. Well, I've seen it a bunch over the years of a team jumping out 17 or 20. 21 in the first half and in the second half they make adjustments and and really Baltimore did defensively mm-hmm. against uh Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Kansas City did nothing in the second half. No. It was a reverse. Right. But I've seen that happen uh many times. You know, the game is not over when you got that quality of of weapons mm-hmm. on the offensive side. So, you know, I, I I really think it comes down to if you got I can't remember when uh uh, he went for the for the fourth down uh, in the fo- in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Uh, the, where he could have gone up three scores, right? No, that's the third quarter. The third went, quarter. Yeah, yeah. You know, with that t- time frame there, maybe he just felt that you know they they were going to claw back on them. You know, it, it, that's when it got down. It just it whittled away so fast. It was like watching a piece of ice melt right. because 
started the third quarter, San Francisco goes down the field, and you say to yourself, all right, make a stop, make a stop. They make a stop. They force a field goal. You're like, okay, that's a little mini dub right there. Exactly. Well, then they get the ball back. They're not able to do anything with it. And then San Francisco comes back down and scores. Then the fumble by Jameer. Correct. And then within basically, what was it, a five-minute span, they lost everything that they had gained in the first, you know, two, two and a half quarters yeah. of the game. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the NFL is is unforgiving. Yeah. You know, you fumble a ball in that situation, that's enough to lose the ball and, game right there. And if you, you wonder know? what momentum looks like, just take a look at yeah. that little absolutely <laughs> handful of minutes. Yep. Because that's what momentum looks like. And, and, and even the, the, the crazy play with Ayuk, uh, <clears throat> bouncing off yeah. of a defender, everything that went along with it. It, it was nuts. Uh, and I was uh, praying for the over, so I was okay with all that. All right, so <laughs> let's keep going because we will eventually you know, look at Championship Sunday, but also this coaching carousel, the decision that the offensive coordinator for Detroit made to if he, if he was a candidate, he decided to remove his name from consideration. Good idea, bad idea, we'll ask you that, uh, as well as your early lean on the Super Bowl coming up. we got our head coach, Coach Campo, with our Campo and Joe podcast to follow on Facebook Live around 3 o'clock, so hopefully you'll be able to tune in for that as well. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I'm realizing now we've gotten two hours and 19 minutes into the program, Coach Campo, and we have yet to congratulate Evan Ingram, an alternate for the Pro Bowl, officially headed to Orlando this weekend. Round of applause, JJ, along with Josh Allen and Ross Matizic. His second Pro Bowl of his career, well-deserved. I, I see plenty of you on the text line still clamoring about, how do you have 100-plus catches and less than 1,000 yards? Well, it's an argument for another day, um, and it's certainly an argument worth having. But in the interim, a congratulations to Evan Ingram. And because we, we cannot have Coach Campo in the building and not bring up something regarding the Dallas Cowboys, an interesting uh, development, let's call it, in Texas. Some X-Files music, please, please, J.J., the Buccaneers website reported Baker Mayfield replaced Dak Prescott in the Pro Bowl games because Dak is, quote, unable to participate due to injury. That is not accurate. Two people familiar with the situation told the Dallas Morning News. The reason is personal, not medical. Wow. The Dak Prescott discourse, just like the Lamar Jackson discourse, it will rage on ever since being eliminated. Probably yeah, doesn't want playoffs. to face the media. Yeah, he just doesn't want to talk. That's, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and if you have any reason to get out of the Pro Bowl, I think you employ it. I think you use it. It's not in Hawaii anymore, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, you yeah. don't get a good vacay. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's funny that – Free tickets to all the, you know, yeah. Disney and <laughs> – Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These guys aren't worried about paying. Right. The Packer was a yeah, Pro Bowler, he'd take it every access, time. Pal. Yeah. 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 But but honestly, like and, and Baker, like we said, a bit of a, a renaissance man this year. He he's happy to go because he had a rebirth, and and who knows what's going to happen with him contractually. But yeah, Dak just uh, put put me uh, put me behind the curtain. I don't want to come back out and talk to anybody for a while. Hey, yeah. real quick before we get back into another, stuff, I want to circle back real quick. As a coach, how do you stem momentum? The other guy's momentum, like when you feel it, and it's definitely Boy. switched. What do you do? That's a good question. I think there'd be a lot of guys still around today coaching if they, they had that had that answer. I think the biggest thing is, you know, when you get into a situation like that, the only thing that really stems it is a big play of some sort. 
you get more aggressive, you think, in yeah, your calling? Yeah, I think you might, uh, you know, do a little bit more, you know, uh, a reverse pass or something where you – something that – that makes, you know, that kind of juices everybody up again. And Sucks the air out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. see it every once in a while when a guy, when a team scores and they kick it off and a guy runs it back about 50 yards. Yeah. It just ended the momentum right, right there. It's just now you're back to a regular ball game. So I think it's a big play is the only way to really do it. And, uh, you know, maybe every once in a while one of the players on the sideline gets after some guys and, and that might make a difference too on how you play that next series, you know. So, right. you know, well, I, I, hey, I wish I knew that. You've seen the video of, that. uh, that's going around social media of Troy getting on the offensive line and saying it's oh. ridiculous. You, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was getting on me, too, because he said the head coach won't do anything about it either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. I didn't know you were head coach. I wasn't throwing you under the bus. Yeah, you were. You got me. Yeah. I, listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah I it, that was Barry, but, actually. But really, to be honest with you, that was the way he was. You know, he's – uh, that's that's him. Yeah, and make make other guys accountable. That's yeah, okay. Absolutely, charge right. them. Uh, absolutely. Like sixteen needs to do more of that, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. It's yeah. like we said. We we've seen some guys that uh, are docile and and need to be dogs and in yeah. in those situations. You know, ratchet up the intensity a little bit. Uh, make yourself accountable, and if you do that, you can make others accountable. Yeah, and, and I and, think you have to be accountable to make others accountable, right. and that's kind of what Leon says all the time. You know, you can't just somebody go off and, and uh, you know, then all of a sudden they jump off sides in yeah, the that, next series. Right. It doesn't, right. doesn't help you any, you know. That's why I maintain Trevor needs to put a standard on himself. Right. Like he really does need to challenge himself this offseason. Yeah. I'll I, I tell you, I, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I agonized the way he played this year a little bit, but I'm telling you, when you're hurt for yeah, stuff, you know, I know it's excuses. Matt's the best at pointing that out. No, but, I'm, I'm still but, behind him. He's got to play but, better, but, but I'm behind him. Just, you know, when you're hurt like that, and especially the, the guy that's running the show and you can't do some of the things that makes you who you are, yeah. that's a big it's difference in yeah. my mind. Let's, yeah. uh, it's pair- also 60 turnovers. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, there's a lot of things he point. needs to get better yeah. at. I'm not saying that. But. Let's pair that injury bug, though, note, Coach. Are you ready for this? The 49ers, this is per at Lombardi himself, David Lombardi, the athletic reporter for the San Francisco 49ers, the same guy that compared Brock Purdy to Joe Montana, but this is still a good point. Following two hard-fought NFC playoff games, the Niners have two players on their injury list, and they are considered minor day-to-day injuries. Yeah. That's the dream scenario. Absolutely. Luck. Luck. Yeah. You really have to have it on your side. And, And we had it last year. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons the Jaguars did what they did down the stretch was they're playing the same people every week. Yeah, you know, on their team. And when Cam went down, Walker stepped in, and <laughs> yeah. you didn't you yeah. didn't notice any, any loss really there, right? Right. right. Yeah. And and you know, uh, you know, we've said this a number. I've said it. I know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody, you know, when we lost Kirk, mm-hmm. how big a deal that was. Well, you know, going in when we made our picks last week, I said, well, you know what, if if Debo plays. Yep. I'm going with San Francisco. If Debo doesn't play, I'm going with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, you can say that if Debo didn't play in that game, they probably don't win. Yeah. He, you know, he had, what, uh, 89 yards receiving yeah. the ball and made a couple of plays. So. And in the in the second half, out of the locker room, I thought they made a that's, – that's the halftime adjustment, made a concerted effort to get, to the, get ball the ball in his to hands. Win. Right, All right, exactly. so we mentioned – the, the fails of, of the teams, and one did it the way they'd always done it, the other one changed dramatically. Anyway, 
What about the great coaching that you saw over the weekend? You can use that one as a springboard into this because Kyle Shanahan was against the ropes. That team yep. was down 24 to 7. Yep. Yeah, and and uh you know that's that's the one that you know they say that about the quarterback, but you could also say it about the play caller. Mm-hmm. You know, or the guy that's, you know, in Shanahan's case is a head coach and a play caller. Yeah. Uh you know, they can make a difference. I mean, you know, you have to have somebody that that keeps their poise and you also have a team to keep their poise as well. Mm-hmm. And and the next guy that calls Purdy a game manager, the two runs he made were probably the two most critical plays of the entire second yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, and and that's because he's a winner, not because he's a game manager. He he did what he had to do to win the football game. So, uh, you know, I have to say that, uh, you know, they did a great coaching job in the second half, adjustments are what the league's all about. And when you can do that, that that's a good coaching staff. I think, uh, just to add this one, Denny Thompson said yesterday that when San Francisco – Went to man, it just completely yeah. flipped Detroit out. Right. They combusted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, that some teams, are they, they probably went into it with the idea that it was going to be a lot of zone and uh, not ready for it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things involved with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, in this league, anything can happen. That's for sure. So as we get ready for our final segment with you, Coach, I'll get your initial thoughts, and then we'll take our next break. Calvin Ridley, set to be a free agent, one of ESPN's top 50 free agents, the third-ranked wide receiver on their list of five wide receivers who will be pending free agents this March. Do you tag him? Do you re-sign him? Knowing also that that conditional pick is tied up, if he is signed or extended before the league year begins, then it's a second-round pick going to the Falcons. If he is not signed, but then you have a, let's say, handshake agreement with him, and then you sign him after the league year begins, then it's a third-round pick. Well, I think that they would approach him with the idea if they're going to sign him to let us have the third, let us have the second-round pick and not the third-round pick. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of a handshake involved in that, but it's, it's worth, uh, you know, thinking about. If, if there's a problem with negotiations, I think you have to look at what receivers are out there and what you can do because the guy did have 1,000 yards. Uh, it, it was He's coming off of a year and a half of not playing football. you you got to expect that the guy's going to get better and, and, and you know, can, can work into that. So if I was looking at it, depending upon all these other things that I don't know, I would say you sign Josh Allen – and you tag Ridley, mm-hmm. give him another year to, you know, to show what he can do. Not that big number. Yeah, yeah. I because, because it depends no on choice. who's out there. Yeah, that's the problem. Can you get T Higgins? Can you get, yeah, you know, Mike whoever's Evans out there? Going to be a hard get. Yeah, Evans. I mean, or do you hit on one of these young kids in the draft? Well, I you think can't you, guarantee that. I think you might do that anyway. I mean, I think you know, if you tag him, I would definitely take a receiver. You know, that's that's one of the things that you, you have to go with. And, and then, you know, you got Parker Washington. You got some guys that, that you know, you, you're going to have to develop. And that's, of course, a big word, development. Yes, it is. Can they develop them? We also, yes. speaking of development, have the Senior Bowl on TV, first day of practices. So for those of you on the text line and the YouTube chat line, we are following along. We're going to start, you know, inching our way into 
draft conversations. We'll get some folks that are on site at the Senior Bowl on throughout the duration of this week because obviously, as you know, Matt Hayes just so eloquently put it to us off air, that's where your team is built. Yeah, your I mean, team is built in Mobile, Alabama. This is XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Motor and Tours, the Frangie Show. They will be up at the top of the hour. Campo and Joe podcast on Facebook Live. We also will have that ready to go at 3 o'clock. Hopefully you'll be able to join us and uh, just go for 1010XL on Facebook, and you can chime in there. Uh, Coach, before we go, we, we threw the – that just happened out earlier that Ben Johnson has basically said, hey, I'm staying in Detroit City. I am not going to look for the Washington job. Seattle job. I don't know how high he was in terms of the possibility of being the number one favorite to land the job. I don't know. He may not have been, but he basically removed himself from from consideration. What do you think uh, when, when you hear a story like that? Well, my, my first thought is that he didn't have it. Mm-hmm, right. You know, my, my first thought is that you pull your name out so it doesn't look like you missed it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, that was my first thought. Uh, it, it surprises me if he was in it, because that's very difficult to get a head coach <laughs> in the National Football League, right. and you don't know what's going to happen from year to year. You could go from hot to uh, cold in a hurry, and especially when you're on a team that, well, we just saw it happen this year with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go from, uh, uh, to, you know, quickly. Oh, yeah. And so and injuries are a factor, too. Like, that's what I said. If you're, yeah. you know, like. Yep. You, you don't know. You can bank on your guys all you want, and you can bet on yourself, but, like, weird things will happen sometimes that are out of your control, and all of a sudden, you know, someone on the text line brought up, and this wasn't necessarily injury-related, but look at Byron Leftwich, mm-hmm. who was yeah. receiving I, oh, head coaching opportunities everywhere. Yeah. Obviously, the whatever you want to call it here with Jacksonville and the courtship there, goes back to Tampa, and it's like, ah, oh, whatever, he'll go back, he'll coach Brady for another year, it'll be fine. The offense regressed, and he hasn't been heard from since. Yeah, you yep. can go from concrete to quicksand in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, coaching Tom Brady was was working out. Huh? He was coaching yeah. the GOAT, and they they probably needed to take a, a longer look at that. So I, I do agree that you said if he wasn't, then pull your name out. But what about it is refreshing, as Leon put it, Yeah, for a guy to stay and want to stay uh, and be a part of what he hopes is something special. Yeah, that was my second thought yeah. is yeah. that – uh, you know, they're doing something right over there. They've got the the team building. Uh, I also heard that he was asking, the agent was asking for $15 million. So, you know, he might have priced himself out of it. You know, <laughs> who knows? You know, but I'll tell you, uh, when I got, came into the league, the two hot names for head coaching jobs as assistants was Fritz mm-hmm. uh, Shermer. Yep. And, and Floyd Peters, mm-hmm. two defensive coaches uh, in the league. And they were hot for two years and didn't get anything. And then they never heard from them again. Yeah. So to, to turn a job down when you have it uh, is pretty tough. And the other thing, you know, at 37 years old, maybe he looked at it and said, well, you know, when you, when you get a head coaching job, unless you're Bill Belichick, right. you, you're setting yourself up to get fired. 
True. Well, you, like you, you go you go to Seattle, you're following a legend in, in Pete Carroll. That's right. not going to be That's easy. another thing. You go right. to Washington, you got new ownership, maybe more right. patience. That right. one has some appeal. But, yeah. but you get fired. I mean, every coach knows you're hired to be fired. Correct. Mm-hmm. How do you turn – I don't think he had the job. That's, that's my thing. That, that's right. my yeah. thought. Yeah, you guys because might you don't, be right on that. You don't turn down one of 32 jobs. That's it. It's just, yeah. You just no, don't no, do that. No yeah. question. Because everybody gets fired. Right. If, unless you're Nick Saban. That's right. Or even Belichick yeah. pretty much got fired this year. Okay? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so it, unless you're Saban, you're getting fired. And I, Kirby. I, I always wonder if they make a decision based on what they just saw, uh, it, it, whether that was had anything to do with it. I have no yeah. idea. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm. I'm I, his name was – high up there for yeah. a long time and and uh you know some of it happens that that uh things cool off based on the fact that all these other guys are getting hired and your name was maybe number four mm-hmm. right. and then all of a sudden number five and six hot gets hired yeah. somewhere then everybody kind of it kind of cools off, can, so. but think about it it's so funny that we mentioned but that mia mentioned byron left which is that right now the job that Canales did down in Tampa with Baker got him a job. Absolutely. Whereas Byron, they looked at it and they go, well, he was coaching Tom. Right. Okay. Isn't right. it funny how it goes? Because one guy lifted a guy's career and he's getting credit for it. What, and then meanwhile, Slowick and, and, and Ben Johnson, the job that they've done, they've I might have, yours. I might have said this before. If, if I truly believe that if – I wasn't if I didn't get the head coaching job with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten one mm-hmm. because the triplets were the the guys. Right, that's it. Yeah, the reason the Cowboys. But when you look back, Troy Emmett, the and defenses Michael, yeah. were pretty darn good the right. whole time. Oh yeah, and and that's why I got the job with Dallas. But uh, I I don't know that I would have gotten one because I didn't look the part. Mm-hmm. I you know and and I wasn't a self promoter. So a lot of that comes into play as well. You know, if you're coaching Tom Brady, mm-hmm. everybody says, well, you know, maybe it's Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I wish I had Tom Brady. <laughs> I might still be coaching in a league <laughs> right. like Belichick. All right. Good stuff. We got our takeaway coming up. Our head coach hanging out with us. The Francis Show will be up in just a bit. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Lauren Brooks joins us now. Francis Show getting ready to roll. How's it going? Great, thanks. How are you? We're doing great. We're doing great finishing up. We've been obviously talking about Championship Sunday and getting ready for what is next. What are you guys uh, cranking out? Yeah, we'll certainly do the same. And uh, we have a scholar athlete coming up at 325, so that's always exciting. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we'll continue talking a lot of what y'all have been, you know, as far as – Football season coming to an end, it's always so sad. Like, yeah. it, what do we do this weekend? I don't, I really well, don't know what we do besides college yet, basketball. Well, speaking of college basketball, I, I know I looked at Bo Valentine and mm. said, man, I don't even have any games on ESPN Plus because the men and the women at UNF and JU mm-hmm. are all on the road this yeah. weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. their so. home games are tomorrow night. That's the only one this upcoming week. So, yeah, it's just a, Joe, what do you do? You're well, probably just going to cook or something, right? Well, but no, I just I firmly Golf believe. Golf never it. sleeps, Lauren. True, that's yeah. true. As much as I love football, there's just so many other good things that's that true. you know that sports wise you can consume, absorb, whatever. Yeah, are you sad about Terrell Hatton going to live? Yeah, uh, I like they do we care they, anymore. No, actually, I don't, <laughs> and I, I feel like I you know maybe it is a little resignation, but I don't know whether they're all going to come together at some point. It looks like it's leaning back in that direction, but who the heck knows? 
You just got to play on. Like, as an example, just take what Nick Dunlap did uh, as an amateur. Terrell Hatton leaves, another potential superstar walks in. That's the game of golf. This dude, this dude Matthew Pavon, I have no idea who he is, but he comes over from Europe and he wins against a strong field. So you never know. But Hatton, he can take his anger over there to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I right. suppose so. Yeah. All right. We'll be listening, Lauren. All right. Thanks. All right. Lauren, Frank, Hayes, RJ, they all have it upcoming at the top of the hour. But first. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is Matt Hayes could be 10 or a thousand. I was going to say 10,000, a thousand dollars richer by summer 2024. How you ask? Well, if you missed it, uh, go back and listen on demand. Quite the entertaining discussion, but also very enlightening for those of you who are curious about Florida State's current state of affairs. Are they leaving the ACC? Matt broke it all down. Fascinating stuff. And yes, a nooner did say he would pay him $1,000. A grand. Takeaway, Coach. My takeaway is, Mia, I have to say during the perfecto Uh situation, I've never heard anybody that knows as many things as you do in this business. I, uh, I unfortunately <laughs> you almost went all away with the with the whole thing. I have been. Uh, it's a curse and a blessing to have a photographic memory. Yes, mm. it's awful. Photographic memory. This is news. That's my Ooh, takeaway. That's, all right, yeah. that's pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, my takeaway is um, it's just you. You almost don't have a choice. You're just going to have to sign Ridley. The question is, are you just going to tag him or are you going to sign him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, I'll just keep that takeaway going because Calvin Ridley, you only have so much of what you need, and if you give it up, then you really don't have anything. And this football team still needs stars. And even though he didn't quite live up to what you wanted him to, he was better than most, and you need to make sure that you keep that going in the right direction. That's for sure. All right, we are done as far as that goes with our takeaway, but let's just wrap up uh, a couple of the other things that we had show-wise that we'll finish up. Uh, you know, just kind of following the heels of it, Coach. We mentioned basically all of the Championship Sunday talk, and we'll do Super Bowl probably with you on Friday and then again a bunch more next week. But your early lean, it's a one, one-and-a-half-point line, Coach. One-and-a-half points, and the Niners are the favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to say the same thing right now as I said last week. I think a champion is a champion until they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you bet against Mahomes. I, I just feel like the guy has uh, got a, a, a camaraderie with the rest of that ball club. That yeah. No matter what the situation, he's going to find a way to get it done. Yeah. And uh, so I'm leaning that way, although I think it's going to be an outstanding game. And I think one, one and a half points is probably what it is. But he is the classic get up on the horse and let's ride. Yep, absolutely. And they will follow. Yep. And that – and he makes it fun. He really does. The line has shifted, by the yeah. way. Yesterday, when Denny Thompson sat in with us during mm-hmm. the 2 o'clock hour, it was a one-point line, back up to two, in mm-hmm. favor of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, yeah so this Matt- morning, it's interesting, this morning yeah. is a point and a half, and yeah. so it has it's gone to two. back up to two, and as Matt said, Matt's takeaway yesterday, I couldn't echo it more, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, I'm, be, that I should can't be the takeaway now him. until the Super Bowl. If right, I can't bet against him. Yeah, like, if you're going to give him points, are you kidding yeah. and look I've I've fallen for it I'll be the first to raise my hand uh he may zap me on this one but I'm going in that direction that's for sure and they have chosen that they will wear red uniforms uh, for the Super Bowl all right speaking of that we got prop bets coming up probably beginning tomorrow and we'll open up the prop shop and we'll 
Throw out some prizes. We always have fun with it, so get ready for that, all you Nooners. That'll be coming up tomorrow. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver, Toyota. They are there today, tomorrow, every single day, except Sunday, making sure that they can take care of you. Great deals. That's what you're after, and great quality when it comes to the ride. SUVs, pickup trucks, luxury sedans, economies, pre-owned and brand new. Whatever you want, make sure you check them out. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com right there in the AUG and Beaver Chevrolet.com on Phillips Highway. We are out. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Search, Big Surce, Coach, and JJ.